Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are Fae Fair, and joining me is... I'm Ben Enns, and my pronouns are she, they. And for the first time... I'm Vivian Burning. My pronouns are she, her. Today we're covering Karno Kyokai, The Garden of Sinners, Murder Study, Part 1, Not Nothing Heart. <laughs> uh, what a mouthful of a title. But before we get there, we have a book to cover and some faves of 2022 to reminisce about. Okay, okay, okay. We're not going to forget this this time. Vivian, so we can get to know you. What is your image song? (laughs) My image song is Little Ghost by everyone's favorite gay witch, Metal Mother. Wow, Um, that's a a mouthful of a title for a (laughs) band name. My name is just Metal Mother, but I, I feel the need to highlight to sell her that she is a gay witch and makes very mm. gay, wonderful music. I see, I see. Uh, I thing. <laughs> okay. I need to drink something with caffeine in it. Oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> Let me listen to the song real quick. Yes, mm-hmm. I was also doing this. <laughs> <laughs> we need this to get into... Get into the vibe. Into the vibes. Now I just have to do the thing where I sit awkwardly and I'm like, boy, I hope the people don't hate the song I like. Hate the song. <laughs> Listen. Like, yeah. You're not gonna hate it. I've never heard of the song before though. She she is um not super she she is not as well known as she should be. I think her biggest hit is um she did the vocals on um, Becoming Harmonious by the Glitch Mob, um, which probably is, is if you have heard her before, it would be from that, I think. I do like her voice. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, um, yeah. But no, I also didn't know that song. <laughs> um, yes, also Glitch Mob, not the, yeah, like the biggest thing I can think of that, that she did was, um, a Oakland, uh, uh house EDM band, so even then i mean sick yeah um it's it's a song that i vibe with a lot um specifically the girl being sung about not the girl singing um it's a song with like lots of different mood or like three four different movements and key changes to it which i think (laughs) captures the like bipolar nature of myself um Uh and then specifically the the lyrics at the end of um you know, I, um, those, uh, blue eyes, that pale face pretending to hear me, I wrote it down just in case you might decide to hear me, um, because I love your magic more than I loathe your mentality, but one day it may be just too much and I'll have to do what's right for me, is I feel a wonderful, or, or an accurate encapsulation of a lot of people's, um, relationships with me that kind of Mm -hmm. go with like oh you are a very difficult person to be around at times but you also have this i also have this magic to me this um charisma but eventually people get sick of my shit and move on (laughs) (laughs) i feel like you're far and away the most prepared for the image song question of anyone we've asked (laughs) including ourselves (laughs) Mm Most people forget that it exists until like ten minutes before a podcast when we're already on call. I'm like, oh shit, right? What was your? Uh, did you bring an image song? I forgot to mention it. <laughs> people are like, oh, what is that again? <sighs> All right, 
What should we talk about first? Well, first, moving into your. I have to say the words. It is your okay. tea time, and put a marker in this file. Ben, are you drinking anything fun? That same like green tea. I've got like a peach ginger tea right now. My secret is that I try tea every couple of months, and every single time I think it tastes like weird water. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard to be cultured, but I just want to slam a Mountain Dew Code Red right now. <laughs> Mountain Dew Code Red is also weird water, is the secret, Ben. It doesn't taste like it. It tastes like fucking toxic waste from the sun. <laughs> okay. It's uh, all water, Fen. I'm aware of this. So, I think... We, Ben and I, yes. are just going to go over our, like, you know, uh, uh, some of the stuff f- of last year that we really like. This is the the lazy, the lazy girls, uh, Yuri <laughs> Tea Time for us. We didn't actually do any work. <laughs> Aside from, <laughs> let's talk about your book, Vivian. Yeah. What'd you bring for Yuri Tea Time? Um, I brought, uh, for a drink, I brought <laughs> brand uh, uh, seltzer, uh, black cherry seltzer water. Mm-hmm. very bitter mm-hmm. a classic yeah um and for book i i brought shards of honor uh by lewis bajold um it is the in publication order it is the first of the uh what's called the vorkosigen saga mm-hmm. um a lot of words like vorkosigen in this book <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of russian names uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um so why'd you bring it I brought it uh, specifically because um, one of the one of the things I love most about the Kara no Kyokai uh, movies is that they they center on this essentially monster fucker romance, uh, to, to put it <laughs> bluntly. <laughs> um, and as a lover of monster fucker romances, most of them are bad. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them are are focused on rehabilitating or saving or fixing the monster in in some form, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Majex Demon Queen is the one that comes to mind of like very popular, very good. I love it, but it is also like fundamentally about let's take this evil woman and make her less evil, which is mm-hmm. fuck that. Um, I think a lot of these things also have a the the reoccurring bit is oh wow they're not as bad as they looked yes when you first when you first see them it's like oh wow this evil person then it's like actually they're really gentle inside <laughs> <laughs> which um yes yeah, springboarding off that is uh very much not how the Vorkosigen uh uh series starts off um mm-hmm. they are a why they are a big uh space opera uh, sci-fi series um, by Louis Bajold, um, mm-hmm. who is best described as your friend's mom that also inexplicably writes space opera books, uh, very sexual and violent space opera books. Like every interview you'll see of her, every picture of it, she's just like your friend's mom. Like she's this very mm-hmm. sweet woman that writes these bizarre fucking books. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, they are at their core, uh, romance books. And, and the first one, Shards of Honor, is specifically about a, um, 
a woman, Cordelia Naismith, who is our point of view character. Um, uh, she is part of a survey corps for uh, the Beta Colony planet, which is best described as a uh, neoliberal, uh, in air quotes, utopia. Um, mm-hmm. She's very critical of, of the idea of neoliberalism in space being a utopia. Um, and she is surveying a new planet um, where she re- and quickly discovers that it is actually a hidden military base by uh, the, um, oh god, I just complete, uh, Baryar Empire, which uh, is essentially, um, think the empire for legend from legend of galactic heroes uh their neo-feudalist um imperialistic power uh recently recovering from a, a big war and so they're trying to expand some more um mm-hmm. she has her we were starting the book right after she has most of her team killed in an ambush by them um and she and one other crew member are the sole survivors of the of the people who were on the ground for this and um she is captured taken prisoner by one of these Baryarans, uh Errol Vorkosigen, the namesake of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh at which point the rest of the book is uh, essentially in structure kind of accounting their different encounters with each other and how they change Cordelia's outlook on the world and herself and romance like she is a you only get a character like cordelia naismith in a in uh, a sci-fi book written by a woman frankly mm-hmm. speaking um where she is just a 40 year old divorced woman uh whose superpower is she's a stem major and people generally listen to her sensible advice sensible <laughs> advice is her superpower uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> Um, let's, so I got about, I only made it through about three chapters of this because, uh, well, that's still like a fifth of the book, um, which, uh, we only had like, what, five days to get through this and I had other, a bunch of other stuff to do this week too. So I didn't manage to like get as far as I was hoping to. Fen, you got through chapter one. I got through chapter one and put it down. like this book. (laughs) (laughs) I have mixed feelings. Uh, I think I used to read sci-fi like this a little bit more. So uh, uh, I think that there was a time in my life where I would have had a lot more patience for it. You know what I mean? (laughs) But um, maybe this is telling about my tastes. But when I read this book, when I read the first three chapters, I see Vortigan. Is that his name? Uh, Arrow Vorkosigen. Vorkosigen. I don't think he's that bad a guy. I think he's like a normal dude, kind of. He's 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 kind of a normal dude until he's he's not he's a normal dude that is also like at the one of the heads of like a imperialistic empire, which means uh-huh. that he's killed an astounding number of people. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's like um hmm there's like the 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 evil of being a military leader, right? Which is like oh, you are responsible for a lot of deaths. And it sometimes when you're you're dealing with a person moment to moment, it's and they're like kind of a nice person, it's hard for me to like connect the two of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's like, oh, he's just like a guy. And like, oh, yeah, he's like a he's like a military guy. So he's had to make hard choices that are cool and sexy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do, Maybe I do. this is I don't read a lot of uh, romance stuff, I guess, is the thing. The closest that I come is probably like Nasu uh, uh, visual novels. Right. But a lot of the time or like I dress up you, darling. I make you read a decent amount of Yuri. Yeah, but Yuri is such a different mode than like Western romance. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, when I say romance, I I kind of do mean Western style romance, which I, I can recognize this immediately because I have my uh, my a partner, Heather, has like had me read uh, some some of those like werewolf books. You know what I mean? Where there's like hot werewolves, <laughs> yes. those for yep. a while. Mm-hmm. So I've read some of those, and I recognize the mode of writing as being pretty similar to this, right? Yes. So I do think I do think because I'm a huge hypocrite. If the if the shithead person was a girl, I probably would like this more. <laughs> um. Does it? Ch- does okay. So the beauty of these books is you can read them in any order. Uh, oh, does yeah. it change your opinion? You might be interested to know that later on, the shithead evil person will be uh, uh, an intersex person. Interesting. In, okay. You know. Yeah, I, reading it, I was kind of like, I feel like there's pro- it's probably going to be doing things with this premise and with these ideas. La- like, these, this is a setup for a series, right? And it is, to get the, yeah. the, the effect of everything you have to like be willing to sit with it and read a, a bunch of it right so this like, is okay the... so i'm just not going to be able to get why this is good in the time that we need for podcast which is a little unfortunate i so the interesting thing is that um this first book is about mm-hmm. them and then the rest of the books are about their kid <laughs> interesting uh so it shifts away from from this romance from this romance for mm-hmm. the rest of the books there's only two other books that she wrote later that kind of get back to Cordelia as a point of view character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the heart of the romance is honestly just this one book. Um, come, come. So I almost wish that I had managed to finish the whole book just to like really have a have a more fair read on it. But I, g- I gave I it to you that. with very little, very little notice um, because I forgot. That's not totally that your fault. You thought we had another week. <laughs> I did. Uh, I forgot that. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely an interesting piece of media. Definitely, it's fun to step outside of our uh, our normal zone every now and then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, fun? yeah. I think it was. I put it down after one chapter because ah, <laughs> uh, it was a moment of I got to the I I got nine pages in and I was like I get where this is going and it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like zero percent of value judgment on what it is doing yeah totally it is just i just simply don't care Mm -hmm. and uh i can tell where it is going and i'm still not gonna care when it gets there (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me i think that there's like i can like see the time in my life where this where i would have been like more willing to read through the whole thing to pick out like the the interesting sci-fi lore and like character interactions and history and all that stuff and I don't read a lot of books these days, honestly. When I do, I usually read, like, I'm usually reading either, like, manga or literary fiction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't read a lot of sci-fi fantasy anymore. So I feel like it, this kind of missed me a bit. I think 
the yeah i just realized i think the thing for me is that to get involved to get invested in a het relationship it has to be tragic there has to be a tragedy waiting for me at the end there's a tragedy Um, at the very beginning of this i suppose you could say yeah and at the end at the very end of this (laughs) um yeah but it, it is so much written or the the one chapter I read, I guess, is so much. Yeah, this bad thing happened, but like now they're just. Oh, he's out. being so nice to me. Like, yes, I'm his prisoner, but like <laughs> he's helping me dig a grave for my friend, and like I was so sure. So what the, the this girl has like a, a like dude who's with her from the survey team, and he gets lobotomized by a space gun basically in yes. the first like couple pages and i was so expecting you had said something about the this being like a romance with an like evil guy so i was so expecting him to like bo- put a boot to his head and shoot him you know what i mean and then he's just like no it's okay we'll babysit your your guy yeah. for the like next few chapters which is i mean the, and that's like the key thing that puts mm-hmm. cordelli on this path of like this man does not fit into the image of who I expected. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because no one from... No, because a Bariaran officer would would do that. And, mm-hmm. the, and, and especially with, like... She realizes very quickly that the, this dude is especially notable as... Um, he's called the Butcher of Komar. Essentially, uh-huh. he was overseeing the occupation of a planet when a horrible civilian massacre happened. Doesn't um, he say that wasn't really his fault? It it, it it grapples with that. It isn't and isn't. He says it's... He he thinks it is. The way he describes uh-huh. that it happened is it's his fault because he did a poor job of overseeing his men. He was not uh-huh. the one who pulled the trigger on the civilians, but he should have seen it coming, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, And so it was... Uh, it was a it is his fault in that it is negligence um that allowed hmm. it to happen interesting um, interesting yeah um and th- and then he very directly gets involved with a lot more people's death cuz he personally executes uh a lot of people with his bare hands after that uh-huh <laughs> uh which leads to his demotion and why he's on this outpost to begin with uh instead of doing more important things mhm mhm yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything more to say about this, fan? Vivian, you got any more to any more uh, things to say about this? Uh, no. I, I, I. Th- this is kind of, in all honesty, I expected this to be outside wheelhouse, and I was kind of curious, uh-huh. like how the vibes would be. Um, I it feel is definitely bad that we've done this fiction. twice in a row. <laughs> ah, do not. I, 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 I am not precious about these uh-huh, books. Uh-huh. They are messy at the best of times. Like even yeah. they are queer. They are they have a lot of queerness, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, transness in them. But they are so messy about it because they are written by I don't know her sexuality, but they are written by a cis woman, and so there is mm-hmm. messiness around how trans characters are written in it. Even though yeah. it's cool that they're there. Um, well, unlike unlike Nasu's writing about. <laughs> <laughs> genderqueer and trans and gay characters which is famously always on the ball and not problematic it's better than i how don't Nasu know what you're talking about Nasu, Nasu, i think it's Nasu fine <laughs> it's better <sighs> what would you say fan? i said i don't know what you're talking about seems fine to me okay 
All right, all right, all right. Uh, do we want to hit some of our our faves of 2020 quickly, <laughs> so that we don't have a two hour uh, Yuri T time again? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not blaming you, fan. I'm saying it in general. Do you want to have any uh, any like goatee from last year that you want to bring to? Um, that you want to shout out? Shout out to Church Executioner and her Way of Life. Uh, that was a show. Mm. I I feel was. Uh, Taylor made to me. I, I don't want to give away the premise of it, but um, several of the we have the... talked about it on podcast before, so you're safe to talk about. Okay, it. like give, it, give us a um, couple sentences. Uh, time loops, queerness, and Christianity could not be more tailor made for me, and tragicness could not be more tailor made for me. Uh, it's all for Viv, baby. <laughs> yeah, I I have to give the light novels a shot because I feel like the anime did not sell it as well as i wanted it to based on the premise so i'm, I'm gonna give the, the actual novels a shot at some point they're on my list mm-hmm. same because mm-hmm. uh a lot of a lot of things that are yuri uh that get anime adaptations get poor anime adaptations for sure you know I what mean, i mean if a yuri gets a good anime adaptation it is a miracle a miracle mm-hmm. death has spared that poor adaptation <laughs> All right, fun. You want to hit okay. uh, your favorite things, and then I'll hit my favorite things, and then we'll you'll well, hit your honorable mentions, and I'll hit my. I'll do ones. I'll do games, and then you can do like a section of yours. And then I have okay. I Ben and I organize this differently. Yeah. I have a top three for games, anime, manga. I have a list of every like media thing that I've interacted with this last year, and I've rated them all one to five stars, and so I've picked out everything off of the five star list, which is not that many things. Well, it's a few things. Uh, I think everything. So this on- is very funny that we have a, like dueling formats. Almost everything on these on this list is rated five stars, but uh-huh. um, I have a couple of honorable mentions that didn't make it to five stars. Okay, so on my top three games of. 2022 mm-hmm. was, that, was that last year yes um, yes that was last year in in no particular order are mahatsukai no yoru which i can't talk about you until can't we get there for word about it fam. podcast go listen to the novel not new episode on that it was a lot of fun uh arknights uh this was the year arknights that built, huh Arknights really took off. Uh-huh. Uh, some like chapter eight last year was really good, oh, or yeah. two years ago, I guess. At this point, was I think that was two years ago. It well, it wasn't. It was probably like a year and a half, but it was uh-huh. 2021, not oh, 2022. Um, but uh, between events that happened, uh, the return to the Horse Knights, mm-hmm. um, with uh, near light horse uh, girls parentheses literal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um there yeah that was i think that was probably the beginning of me going like damn damn arc knights is good it's really 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 good uh because one i like a lot of those characters i like the way that that wraps up mm-hmm. as like arc knights can be a little hopeless sometimes mm-hmm. and that vacillates between like yeah doesn't the world suck uh and like yeah the world sucks but there is there is still like hope for the future even if progress is slow and not like consistent we'll discuss arc knights um, one day yeah it's on our list but uh between um between yeah near light and chapter nine and ten and um vigli vig 
Bigelow. Mm-hmm. I think that's the yeah. Um, being a really cool a Vigilo makes the case for having a defined character be the protagonist uh really well mm-hmm. um because it is a lot of the so the the basic premise of Arknights is that the doctor has the doctor the main character um has I will okay <laughs> we're supposed to do a couple sentences um uh okay <laughs> okay I'll move on blue blue reflection too um i i think we first did we finish it this year i think we did yeah um but i then replayed it this year uh-huh. or last year rather um incredible game i think the combat especially if you do all the side quests and dates and stuff uh gets a little stale on a first playthrough because mm-hmm. you can't turn up the difficulty um but on the second playthrough, when you can turn up the difficulty, it it stays kind of exciting and uh, challenging. <sighs> um, and the story is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know me, you know that I love like melancholy vibes. Uh huh. And the the game opens with like, oh, it's summer vacation, and that is kind of the setting for uh, it's a it's an endless summer vacation, and that is like cool until everyone is like yeah we have to this has to end we have to go back like Mm -hmm. it can't we can't stay in this in this summer vacation paradise forever we have to um we have to leave and i think it handles that really well Mm -hmm. uh it's just like a a beautiful story Mm -hmm. um told really well the uh the dates are incredible there's lots of hand-holding it's yeah just like one of the one of the best rpgs i've ever played Mm -hmm. honorable mentions uh because i haven't finished any of these um xenoblade chronicles 2 it is probably going to be my game of or is going to be up there this year Uh uh-huh uh disco elysium also a contender for best game of this year uh Uh, I was so skeptical of Disco because I do not like playing guys in games. Uh-huh. He's uh, a great guy, though. But, well, he's oh not a my great god, guy, just, the, just the worst piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and Blue Archive. I started that this year um, and was not expecting to like like it as much as I have. It's mm-hmm. uh, The story's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, wait. That was three games for the Mahoyo, Arknights, oh, Mahoyo. and Blue Reflection. I forgot, I forgot Mahoyo. Uh, Mahoyo. You want to hear something funny, Fen? What? Off of my list of things that I rated five stars, uh, zero of them are video games. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm hard on video games. I, I certainly didn't rate Fate Stay Night at five stars, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, okay. Last year. Stay Night was five stars. Uh, or... It's funny that uh uh what's it backlogged breaks has both stay night Rialto Noah and individual entries for each route weird and so I got to go through and rate Fate and Heaven's Feel five stars and Unlimited Blade Works three stars wow all right <laughs> okay my my two special mentions though for on this list are both games so I will I will talk about them uh, I finished Caligula Effect two this year uh fantastic game uh i highly recommend checking it out if you haven't already 
Uh, we've talked about it at length, so I'm not going to talk about it very much. Did we not finish that in 2021? No, I finished it this uh, last uh, January. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember. Incredible game. Oh yeah, fantastic game. Um, yeah, go go play it if you haven't. If you have any, even the most passing interest in like uh, playing JRPGs. Yes. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh right, and the other honorable mention is Caligula Effect Overdose, <laughs> the first game in the series that I skipped because I heard it was bad. People are wrong. It's it's not bad. Well, it is bad. Uh, the gameplay is way worse, and the story is a lot rougher, and it is inexplicably and like virulently homophobic or not homophobic, uh, uh fatphobic, weirder even. Uh, it has like a real real couple of rough moments in it involving some pet people who are like slightly chubby oh but it takes some wild swings i think it's a really interesting game fen's gonna have to play it at some point we're gonna talk about it uh just miserable to actually play (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those games that's too small to have a let's play too or uh from what i hear the only let's plays are of the boy character Oh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it does change the game a bit if you play as the girl. So, hmm. where is the multi blood manga? Multi blood manga. Um. No. Anyway, that's uh, that's the only games that I oh, have on this list. Okay. Fen episodes fifty five and fifty six. It looks like are currently planned to be. Uh Zero. we will talk about. Caligula Effect 2 on those episodes or Caligula Effect Overdose on those episodes Mm -hmm. Um, which is the most planning we've ever done for a year (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay top three anime the thing is Ben real quick is I think I rate things based on relative to the medium like I am also fairly hard on video games Uh very hard to earn a five star in a video game I think because I'm rating things often based on how interested I am in re- like revisiting them, mm-hmm. um, I tend to be harder on. It's a bigger ask to go back to a video game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although in general, I guess it's really hard to earn a five star because that kind of to me means like this is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, anime of the year last year by f- bo- solidly, Bochi the Rock. Bochi the Rock. <laughs> Uh, this is also on my list. So incredible show! Yeah, we talked about it enough last uh, yes. last episode. But um, great show. Okay, we also talked about this last episode. Yamano Susume. Mm, uh, I, not on my list, but a really great show. I specifically mostly mean seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think season four probably has moments of the best animation and. Uh, aside from season one, some of the worst writing. Mm-hmm. Um, season one is very short, and so it's like hard to write anything. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Seasons two and three have both really strong writing and look really good. Season three, in particular, is just gorgeous. Uh huh. Um, and season four, or next summit, truly like blown away by how good it looks, mm-hmm. but also uh, really let down by not having a strong through line. Mm-hmm. Great um, single episodes yeah yeah really good single episodes but like the end of particularly the end of season three where it like becomes clear what has happened and like Mm -hmm. in terms of the the like character arcs and like how they wrap up is just like oh food for fans 
Um, <laughs> honorable mention to Akebi-chan's sailor uniform, yeah. which would have taken the spot had uh, for just how gorgeous it looks and how mm-hmm. much how uh, how much fun the animators are having. I like struggle to describe it some other way, but I mm-hmm. constantly think of the scene where Akebi is reading a book. Um, she's in in a like uh, shack with one of her friends because it started mm-hmm. raining and they like ran out of the rain. Um, and the scene is like shot, um, from outside the shack, there's a pole in the center. And as she's reading this book, it's a dialogue between two characters. And she's like weaving from one side of the pole to the other Mm -hmm. as she switches characters. And it's just like, it's so much fun. Mm -hmm. It's such a joy, uh, to watch. Mm -hmm. And also the end of, um, the end of the season is just like it's like two or three episodes of just incredible animation mm-hmm. like just gorgeous and uh third is kaguya-sama oh yeah we watched fun all three seasons uh that show's really good very funny <laughs> i was that's another one where i was like is this gonna be good it is a het romance like uh-huh. people are probably just over hyping this because uh people love a het romance way more than i ever could <laughs> yeah uh but it turns out that actually it rules uh-huh. <laughs> rare seal of approval on het stuff from fan yes it is uh right and then um honorable mentions it is very funny to me that two of my three were comedy based on how like how down i can be on comedy stuff. Uh-huh. uh but uh madoka and utena i rewatched both of those this year mm-hmm. hey both those shows slap <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh-huh these are also off of my list uh-huh. utena is like one of the best shows ever made mm-hmm. okay Your turn. yeah uh well god uh Let's see. What did I give? Okay, okay. Grand Belm. I gave that five stars. Hell yeah. Grand Belm rules. Grand Belm rules. Uh, Madoka and Madoka Rebellion. Rewatched the series for the first time since I was like a teenager. Watched Rebellion for the first time. Fantastic. What a what a show. Rebellion's interesting because the Madoka ends perfectly. Yes. You don't need a follow up. Rebellion makes a case for, for a follow-up. Yes. It, it is not just, oh, that show was popular, we'll give you more. Mm-hmm. It is like, no, there's actually a more story we mm-hmm. want to tell. Um, Let's see. Revolutionary Girl Utena, probably my favorite thing that I watched this year. Uh, great show. Uh, Bakemonogatari Season 1. <laughs> Surprise <laughs> oh, that contender. <laughs> that was this year. Just season one. I did not rate anything else that we've seen <laughs> up yeah. through season two as highly as I rated season one. Mm. I just had a really good time with it. Big surprise. Season one uh, looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Very snappy pacing. Mm-hmm. Deeply problematic. But if you can get past that, very <laughs> funny. Uh-huh. And, and like really enjoyable. Fantastic girls in it. Fantastic sicko girls in it. Absolutely. Great show. Uh, I'm I'm still thinking about the Sandro Gahara date in the car. <laughs> yep, one <laughs> is probably the best in the whole it's fucking so show. It's so fucking miserable. I, it's, it's miserable so bad. in a deeply relatable way. So it's like, ah, yes, I remember being young and having to be in the car with my partner's father. 
It's uh-huh. fucking awful. It's <laughs> it's awful, and Sandra Gohara makes it so much worse. I love her so much. Uh, I also watched Perfect Blue for the first time this year. I put this on the list too. Uh, it's not my favorite Satoshi Kon thing, but it, I liked it a lot. My mm. favorite Satoshi Kon thing is uh, Paranoia Agent, of course. Paranoia Agent rules. Love Paranoia. We watched that this year too, right? Did we? Was that last year? It might have been the end of last year. I think it was the end of last year. The annualist, which is where I track the anime that we watch, mm-hmm. doesn't make it easy to tell what year you finished something I in, see. in bulk. But yeah, I, Perfect Blue's great. I think I I think I think uh, sorted stuff by when it was last updated, and Perfect Blue was last year, or two years ago. Incredibly traumatic was movie. Was oh, Sorry. What? Hmm. Wait, what'd you say? I was just going to say, incredible, incredible movie, incredibly traumatic. If you have any kind of fears of uh, your shit. mental illness is getting worse, uh-huh. I guess, to put it that way. Ben, you got another list? Yeah. Um, do you want to finish? Do you have any more? Yeah, I've got a, a movie and a, a couple of manga. Okay, real quick. Uh, the Handmaiden... I did not rate I this five stars, but it's a great movie. I didn't have a place to put it, but The Handmaiden, five stars for me. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great movie. Do you want to... I can. I guess I can finish. Just finish yours. Um, I have a lot of honorable mentions. Oh, no. Okay, fan. Okay, fan. Come on. You can do this. Like two <laughs> sentences each. Uh, I'll do my honorable mentions, and then you can finish your list, and then I can do my top three. <laughs> Uh, these are honorable mentions because either I reread them or they are ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the summer you were there, mm-hmm. really, really well written um, manga about both. The first arc is about dealing with guilt uh, and not being forgiven, uh, and like, yeah, searching for forgiveness. Um, what oh what god okay i give up no 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 finish i'm sorry i just think it's funny (laughs) because i was like trying to track the sentences but the way that you talk when you're excited about something you don't actually finish any sentences (laughs) so you can talk for as long as you want because you'll like stop in the middle and you'll be like yeah and then you'll keep going but there's no period in there now continue um there are a lot of ellipses but no period exactly (laughs) um okay so you yeah. talk like a visual novel protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um yeah. First arc is about like guilt and forgiveness. The second arc is about um the the main character's love interest or like a secondary main character. Mm-hmm. Um uh yeah, dealing with dying from anime girl wasting disease. Classic. Um <laughs> But it is, yeah, if, like, the summary were there kind of alludes to that. If you looked at that title and went, like, oh, I I know what's going to happen. Like, I promise you it is well written enough to justify that premise. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, if if that doesn't at all appeal to you, sure. But it is not just, it doesn't feel like a manga that is, like, setting out to make you cry mm-hmm. and going to pull cheap tricks. It's like... No, we are going to lovingly render these characters and the conflicts that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Girls' Last Tour. This is also awesome. one of the best manga ever written. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one or number two? 
it's up there. Um, it's up there for me too, even though it's not quite as much my aesthetic as yours. Kimiga Shinu Made Koi O Shitai, which is ongoing. Uh, some of you were there is also ongoing. Um, or I want to love you until you die. Uh, um, yes. Just I love it when girls die. Uh, this one also is another one that is like is about loss and mm-hmm. grief um and uh how horrifying it is that i guess yes that's spoilers um uh but just like really again like really well written mm-hmm. dealing with um dealing with loss mm-hmm. uh how do we relationship mm. continues to be really good Mm-hmm. seven or eight volumes in i don't remember how far we are in i haven't caught up um very incredible series uh uh has really messy adults mm-hmm. that are just incredible um kyowa konojo ga inai kara uh ntr is the best yuri <laughs> uh just like um oh god what is her name iwami kyoko mm-hmm. um she writes just incredible uh drama really well mm-hmm. um i love the characters that she that she writes they're just they're messy and and uh unpleasant in <laughs> in really like fun to read about ways and uh my final honorable mention um asumi chan is interested in lesbian brothels mm-hmm. uh very fun and uh sexy series about that that is like yes there's a lot of sex uh there is uh it is yeah it is interesting because like nothing in yurihime is like kind of classified as porn Mm -hmm. um because it's just like that's just not the way it is drawn Mm -hmm. or like storyboarded um there's a lot of sex but it also has like interest deals with sexuality in interesting ways and like uh characters discovering and thinking about their sexualities in really fun ways mm-hmm. and also also just very funny yeah mm-hmm. i like Asumi's uh kohai who's yes. just head over heels for her <laughs> uh-huh um is that the end of your list I have my actual manga list, but why don't you? <laughs> All right. Um, uh, let me just wrap up with a couple things. Uh, I also had Girls Last Tour. Uh, I read all of Yotsuba. Uh, Yotsuba is really great. Uh, I like kids a lot. Uh, so so it hit me uh, in the feelings, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, great manga. Ongoing. Uh, again, it has started up again. I've not read any of the new chapters yet, but that's very funny. It was on hiatus for like years and years or something like that. And last thing off my list, uh, I watched Parasite finally. Parasite's a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's not. That's probably one of the least controversial things <laughs> off of my list of things that people think are great. Well, really, I mean, it didn't deserve to win any awards because it's not in English. <laughs> oh, right. Parasite. Yeah, that movie rules. What did you think I was talking about? I thought you were talking about, like, some horror movie or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I've been liking horror movies out here. Okay, That's a horror fun. movie shout out. Oh. Shout outs to uh, Living Dead Girl by Gene Rollins, which is a movie. Is that movie about uh, 
a girl who comes back to life and her girl her like uh friend from childhood finds her and is like oh wow she needs to eat human flesh to survive i better find her some humans oh hell yes <laughs> it's a great a great time um oh yeah parasite rules parasite I did, rules i i think that was the that was the second to last movie i saw in a theater mm-hmm. Before theaters closed. <laughs> um, and I haven't been back. My uh, last movie was Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is also great. Yeah, that's also good, really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, two things that I uh, forgot off my honorable mentions list. I'm so sorry, Ben. Okay, but you gotta go uh, fast, Ben. Octave. Eternal favorite great. of mine. Octave. Uh, just really incredible. And um, Ano Koro no Aoi Hoshi. Uh, which is a really good self-published series. Oh, right, three Land of the Lustrous. Oh yeah. Uh just like I think I might have just missed Land. I read Land of the Lustrous this year, didn't I? I think so. Okay, that's also on my list. Uh, I don't have anything more to say about it. Yeah, it. I am. I am eagerly awaiting the end because, as I've said before, like my my ability to I I need I need an ending to settle my thoughts on something. Yes. Um, but so far is like just incredible it is one of the most beautiful manga i've ever read mm-hmm. um okay my actual list of top threes this year all right um you may know hashibashi um or like the ends of a dream mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh is a gorgeous i'm gonna bring this to your time for real at some point i have not read this yet. um no it, yes you have not it's 10 chapters i think two sure. volumes um so it's nice and short it tells a story by starting at the end of uh two people's lives and then jumps oh. every chapter jumps backwards uh that sounds miserable fan I it's remember you so about this. good um oh. it is like uh yeah it is a beautifully told story um that you know is going to end in tragedy mm-hmm. because of where you see them at the end but uh seeing or i don't know if tragedy is quite the right word because like yeah there's a beauty to the lives that they led even if their like circumstances led them to different places Mm -hmm. um one of the one of the roughest chapters is uh right before the crash Mm -hmm. is watching one of the two characters be like oh yeah i started my own business and like everything is just Oh. On up from here, uh, as like they're I think like eighty in like two thousand eight or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, she has struggled a lot of her life with being a woman and trying to be independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, oh, I finally got all that. And then there's like a a little like narration note that is like the next year the stock market crashed and like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's making me tear up just think about it. Thinking about it. Um, next, next. If I could reach you or Tatoe Todoku Todo Tatoe Todokanu Ito da Toshitemo, which is the pitch sounds trashy. Mm-hmm. It's this woman uh, <laughs> is in high school and she's in love with her brother's wife. Ah, yes, and she lives with them. Um, and I went in expecting. I was like. I'm here for a trashy time. I'll just enjoy. Uh, I'll enjoy the trash. Uh, I love it when when relationships are messy and like 
Uh, it's only seven volumes. It's probably going to like do some fun stuff and then leave. Uh, instead, it has stuck with me because uh, you come for the trash and then you stay for like rumination on love and how beautiful love can be, but also how it can utterly destroy someone mm-hmm. um, and how, yeah, and how different people experience love. Um, it is like a, yeah, again, as if you can tell, uh, my manga, my manga list is stacked with things that are well written mm-hmm. and this is no exception. Uh, yes, uh, you have great taste. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike other people, Fen has great taste. Or, yeah, uh, again, I think I, I would have enjoyed the trashy version of this that is just like, oh, how scandalous. She's in love with her brother's uh, <laughs> wife. Um, but instead you get, yeah, just like a, a I almost hesitate to call it a romance. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of one of the good parts of it is that the like protagonist of the first volume, it then kind of becomes an ensemble series mm-hmm. of like looking at a bunch of different relationships and different people's experiences with love. Um, that's all I had to say on that one. And then uh, manga of the year. <laughs> if you have talked to me at all, I have probably mentioned Kitanai Kimiga Ichiban Is that Kawaii. this year? That's yeah. also on my list. Sorry um this manga just like it i wish okay i saw someone about uh if i could reach you i saw someone say why can't all girls be this problematic um and like yes and uh kitakawa is simply like one of one of the best manga i've ever read uh i love the uh starting it off i was unsure i was ever going to talk to anyone about it because i one i didn't know where it was going and two it starts off as like uh kind of uh like kink of the week manga um and i was like okay i'm uh, uh you know i've read worse we'll see where this goes um and where it goes is just like truly incredible we had an episode on this so i don't want to like talk about it too much and i also don't want to like spoil where it goes entirely but um yeah i i love it when girls are problematic and messy and and the yeah i think it is a a really interesting um rumination on like school casts but also school casts and also um kind of how that extrapolates out to society in at large um is is just like really interesting and well written and uh also yeah and messy yeah we really need to just have a a, like a panel on our spreadsheet of non-type moon works that we've mentioned that's for like favorites yes uh fen what the fuck is the name of the one about the 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 girl who goes to stay with her aunt who is the writer asa and makio i forgot the name oh oh um yeah that's also on my list what the uh fuck is the name of it ikoku nikki ikoku nikki yes one of my favorite looking things from this year yeah Shout out. yeah but anyway i'm done talking about favorite things Okay, I am also. You're also done? Yeah. Vivian, you want to take this opportunity to shout out anything else? Um, 
shout outs also i guess to tunic and pentamin in terms of games Ooh. um oh pentamin is on our list we're gonna play it probably starting tonight is yeah, that right? yeah yeah that's a fun short game and and biggest shout out to signalis um we played this and didn't enjoy it as much okay i oh. i hate to do this vivian yeah both tunic and signalis are not- <laughs> I, I mean they're not i had no okay yeah. Signalis. we're gonna talk about have we not talked about signalis yet no, I don't think so. Okay, next episode, we're probably going to talk about Signals. If I knew that you liked it, that probably would have been what we talked about this episode then. <laughs> uh, no worries. I'll, without spoiling whatever y'all going to talk about, I'll just leave it at, there's never been a game more hyper-focused towards me as someone uh-huh. who, like, one of my favorite games is Silent Hill. Uh-huh. Um, Silent Hill 2 specifically. Um, Damn, it would... I'm, I feel so much regret that we did not, <laughs> that we didn't prepare Signalis for this, because I feel like this would be a fun conversation. Uh, I mean, this will, <sighs> this maybe cut this portion out, um, but mm-hmm. I would, in two weeks time, I'll still be uh, at home. So if I mm-hmm. call in specifically just to talk about Signalis, <laughs> that's a thing I'd be willing to do. Um, I'll throw that offer out there. The thing is that I, I'm I'm l- definitely lower on it than you, but I'm not like I don't think it's bad. Yeah. I just have issues with it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or I think it could have been better in, in with some very like not that difficult tweaks. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, it's a fun game. I'm also always happy to talk about stuff that um I am higher on than other people. Put uh-huh, it that uh-huh. way. Um, yeah, and Pentiment we haven't tried yet but we're gonna start yeah. i think i am higher on signalis than i would have been if i'd played it by myself because i uh-huh. played it with ben yes and this i would have more done, my aesthetic than yours i will and i would have done the thing i did with tunic which was stay up i played tunic over like two days mm-hmm. um and got the true end mm. and that was me just like obsessively up, burning up until it. like 4 a.m being like, why the hell are you not accepting my inputs? Please just work, you uh-huh. godforsaken game. I hate you. <laughs> Miserable little fox. Just do what I want you to do. Whereas I had to like pull the controller out of Fen's hands a couple of times to get Fen to go to bed for oh Signalis. Uh, because yeah. otherwise Fen would have just tried to ba- power through it. And, and I would have liked it worse. <laughs> Miserable, less. yeah. Mm. yeah. It Sometimes is, you need yeah. to go to fucking bed and then come back and then the game is better. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Signalis especially. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was just definitely my favorite favorite game Hell of the yeah. year. It's, it's got Silent Hill, it's got the fucking The King in Yellow. Like, whole, like uh-huh. what fucking video game shouts out uh, The King in Yellow? A video game made for <laughs> Vivian. It was awesome uh-huh. that when the credits started, there was that message. I was like, this game was made for Vivian Burning. Really love that you played the game, the game we made for you, Vivian. It was very. Hope you I liked it, that. Vivian. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's enough of your ET time. How long did we go? An hour. Ah, there we go. We cut we it. We had in a half. decent chunk of pre-pod too. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. God, can we? Ah, Kitakawa is so good. My list is just missing some like very, very obvious faves. I think. Oh, because I sometimes forget to note things down. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of manga that I don't actually like written down as like one star or whatever. No. But then the good stuff I keep forgetting to mention. 
it's hard to get to one star for me. Mm-hmm. You have to work for it. You have two work. stars. I'll throw that out. Uh huh. Three, four, all of those. One and five. It's rare. the The thing is, is that I drop one stars. I don't finish them. I would and still write it like, down. Oh, I don't have to write this down. Yeah. I'm trying to get better about that this year. But. Vivian, you've watched Kang the whole Kang K series before. I have. Yes. Yes. And did you listen to our podcast from last uh, for about the first episode? I did. I marathoned. Oh, you it did. Yesterday. Wow. Okay. Hell yeah. We didn't talk about K and K for most of that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, okay. So I've wa- I watched this episode of K and K twice yesterday. <laughs> I watched it That's once yesterday, and, or I read the light novel on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Watched it on Friday. Watched it again this morning. Uh-huh. Taking notes. Okay, I liked this episode of Kan Kefan. How do you Karno Kyokai, Garden of Sinners. Uh, what is it's this? Mur- nothing Heart Murder Speculation Part A, Part One. Okay. Called, did you call it Murder Study? Huh? Did you call it Murder Study at some point? Did I? I think he wrote it what down on here. Um, Murder Study Part 1. That's interesting. Yeah, okay, so that's a mistake. That is not you insisting on a different translation for some reason. No, I think that's how the the light novel translates. The light novel translates. translates okay. So the fan translation. Yes. I see, I see. I like Murder Speculation better. Yeah. Yeah. There's a different pre-show this time, which is very funny. Yeah, there is. The, like, pre-show, like, don't record this episode, don't talk in the theater thing. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Mikia and uh, Shiki are watching 
a movie together again. Uh, Neko Arc is this time not on screen. She like is sitting next to them. <laughs> which mm-hmm. wow, Neko Arc well, in real Neko life. Neko Arc walks up to Miki and she and Shiki go and goes, <laughs> and then, and then goes like, to sit down. Too close. <laughs> ne- Neko Arc is someone who would sit way too close to you in an empty movie theater. Yes. Yep. Uh, and then some other guy like shows up and starts recording the film with a giant hand camera. Oh, is it Toko? Yes. Okay, I couldn't <laughs> tell. And then Shiki uh, murders her. <laughs> yeah, this is a really funny bit where the little puppet Shiki's eyes like turn to mystic <laughs> eyes right before she fucking kills Toko. Uh huh. My okay. first note in oh. my notes is Shiki is a copyright cop, and we have canceled her <laughs> as a result. <laughs> You didn't notice, or you didn't note, Ben, that the movie is Nasu just popping up out of, like, right. Nasu's mushroom form, just popping up it's out like of the ground, just looking around. Mascot, yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see more of these. Yeah, they're different right. each one. They're, they're very stupid. I love them. They're very dumb, but damn, I would love that little cheeky puppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Is the 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 Neko arc puppet looks exactly like the the like uh figurine that it actually exists. I wonder if it's just one of those figurines. <laughs> okay. Murder speculation, part A, part 1, front, whatever you would want to call it, beginning and It's snowing. Yes, it's snowing. I like that. It was snowing for us yesterday too. Mhm. Uh I wish it was still snowing. Uh-huh. The city looks a lot better in the snow than it does, like, normally. It was also four years earlier. Uh-huh. So the whole city hasn't, like, completely dissolved to dust yet. Three, three or four years. Mm-hmm. We're in we're 1995 in this yes. movie. I remember which, this yeah, specifically because like April 1995 is going to get mentioned, which is when I was yes. born. Which is very fucking oh, wow. weird for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, yeah. It's <laughs> very funny. <laughs> um... Yeah, Mikia... it looks a lot better in the snow. It's it's the like, I don't know this this movie. I feel like there's a love hate relationship with the city in these movies of like it is oh, both yeah. hideous and also at times like shockingly beautiful. Oh yeah, it's really good snow. Mikia is wandering down the, an empty street. He has a little umbrella and he sees a mystery person in a white kimono, kind of with an ethereal glow around them. Uh, it's cheeky. It looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, she bl- stares at him blankly for a little bit, and then kind of smile gives a really warm smile. And then we cut. It's spring now. Mikia appears to be entering high school. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that and this is the op. Yes, is yes. like yeah the opening ceremony. And- yeah, yeah, the op plays over. Yeah. yeah. He sees a girl in a pink kimono. There's a lot of Shiki is in a lot of different color kimonos in this episode. Uh, yeah, he chases after her, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's you! I knew it was you!" And she sees him and says, "Uh, who are you?" As if she has, does not recognize him. <laughs> August thirtieth. Oh, sorry. Nineteen ninety-five. Oh yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to say, y'all noted this in the first episode of like, truly, we never see anyone else dressed uh like shiki like this whole yeah. opening ceremony everyone has a uniform and they are bizarrely not she meant. sticks out so much in all of the classroom scenes you like, know what i yeah. mean uh-huh. it's, it's are very... you allowed to do that 
wear a kimono to school? They, I don't remember if the movie says this, but the book definitely does, that there's no dress code. And everyone just wears yeah. a uniform anyway? Well, if you look at the classroom scenes, they're all wearing different outfits. I guess, I guess. No one, they're true. wearing, like, professional clothes. Yeah. But no one is wearing the same outfit. I guess that makes sense. And Shiki wears a kimono. Yeah. No one else does. It is also another interesting thing from book one is that, like, the movie notes that um, she's kind of gender ambiguous. Mm -hmm. The book also notes that she's kind of Western slash Japanese ambiguous. Uh -huh. like, oh, lives in a Japanese house, uh, wears a kimono, but also the leather jacket. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Other parts right. of her marker has more, like, Western has or Western modern, yeah. depending uh -huh. on. That is very cool. It mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the seeing seeing her separate reminds me of um the monologue about overlooks in the first movie of, uh -huh. of being separate. You know, an overlook makes you separate from the rest of humanity. The, mm -hmm, yeah. the distance, isolation, and there is yeah, yeah. That is another one of one of my favorite parts of this book gets cut, and it is Shiki sitting at the window thinking about how an overlooking view suits her. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Um, which is like a fun callback to all yeah, of the It's definitely the vibe, yeah. Episode. It's August 30th, 1995. Shiki is leaving a fancy Japanese-style mansion. She's wearing a blue kimono. Shiki has a servant guy who calls her Lady Shiki. Um, is this the first... This is like the first like extended bit of Shiki talking. She sounds like a completely different person, which is interesting. She's got a much more classically, like, feminine uh, tone. She's still, like, kind of emotionally dead, but she's definitely got more of a femme vibe to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She wanders down through a bamboo forest, pondering loneliness. Uh, the music in this part is way more flute-heavy than the last episode, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Which, I guess this makes sense is... Um, it feels more classical Japanese in the way that like Shiki also feels more classically Japanese in a lot of this because of uh, her family and her upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get some more cuts. Uh, we uh, it's nighttime now. There is a figure stumbling across a road. They appear to get hit by a truck going at high speed down a narrow street. There's a splash of blood. We get another cut, and suddenly Shiki is standing over a grotesquely uh, mutilated corpse. What's she do? <laughs> What's she do standing over this corpse? This scene's great. Normal, this scene's incredible. Normal, normal girl behavior. <laughs> um, she bends down, uh, lets some of the blood, the way that the blood spreads up her kimono is uh -huh. really good, um, dabs her hand in it, and puts it on her lips, which... The book notes this is the first time that Shiki ever wore lipstick. She did a really good job of applying it. Yeah. This is like, um, we get in part one, we get comparisons. Uh, we, we get this stuff about how uh, Mikia sees Shiki in the dolls that Toko makes, you know, mm -hmm. and comparing her to a doll. And like, I was like, I guess she kind of, I, I can see it. In this part, there's a lot of, like, uh, images that really sells the Shiki is a doll kind of vibe. And this, like, the painted bottom lip, like, weird smile to the camera that she does here is extremely, like, this is, like, a classic Japanese doll. You know what I mean? More than a person. It's, 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 um, it also does a, it, 
we've been getting these little moments so far, right? Of like, this Shiki is very different than the Shiki we saw in the first film. This is like super hard. Like, oh, this is not at all how we see Shiki years later. Like, uh-huh. totally. You cannot imagine Shiki in 98 putting blood on their lips like that. Like, that uh-huh. is just fucking uh-huh. not their character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're back in school. People are talking about summer vacation. Uh, summer vacation has just ended, it seems. Mikia sits down in front of Shiki and tries to talk to her. She's not exactly um, receptive <laughs> to this. And then he's like, you know, it's going to get cold soon. Are you going to wear a kimono all winter, too? And she's, this is also very not Shiki from 98. She gets very sulky uh, about it, you know what I mean? In a, in a different, br- kind of a brattier sense than Shiki pouting on the bed, you know what I mean? Um, she's like, I'll wear a jacket. And he's like, I didn't know you could wear jackets over kimonos. She's like, yeah, you can. <laughs> he's like, whoa, you're going to wear like a leather jacket? This is... Sorry to keep bringing up the book because uh-huh. we are eventually going to cover them. But this is where I miss the like internality of characters the most mm-hmm. because it notes that like she came up with that in the moment and then was like, well, I guess I better follow through on this. <laughs> <laughs> like It's very funny to see the cut to her like leafing through leather jackets and yeah. picking out a red one. <laughs> Just like, yeah, the internal bit of her monologue where she's like, oh, God damn it. I should have I shouldn't have like put my foot in my mouth. But then she wears it. Yes. like constantly. Well, yes, yeah. because she that's what she said she was going to do. <laughs> We've all been the girl. We've all been the girl uh-huh. of like the guy who you're, uh, you know, being maybe involved with. It, uh, says something like that. Says something about your clothing, and then you just you have to commit to that outfit. Then right? I can say that I've never been. <laughs> I have never been there personally, but I've been that person. Then I'll. I'll. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You'll take I'll, that bullet. I'll take that. Bullet, I don't know. Uh, uh, knife, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Knife is like more appropriate. Fruit knife. <laughs> um. Cut to a man running for his life by the river. Uh, someone in black approaches him, wielding what appears to be the same knife that Shiki used in part one. Whoever it is stabs him in the throat, and then we uh, get a blood spatter on the screen, and then a cut to Shiki's red coat in the classroom, like sitting on Great the back God. of her. Yeah. Her chair. Shiki and Mikia eat lunch on the roof together. Mikia, in one of... This must be, for her, one of the earliest moments of realizing that he's fucking weirdo. He just starts, in the middle of lunch, revealing, like, privileged information that he found out from a cop about, like, the gruesome details of the murders. (laughs) And, like, the dismemberment and all this stuff. I know. Uh, Shiki, responding in kind, being a weirdo, is like, can you... Is dismemberment enough to kill a person? <laughs> and Mikia clarifies that it's probably it's probably a shock, a hemorrhagic shock that actually killed him, or if he survived that, uh, oxygen starvation from blood loss. Shigi then asks, "Who did it?" Uh, he does not respond, and then she huffily puts her sandwich away without having eaten it, and says that he should. This is not something to talk about over food. It was a tomato sandwich specifically, so <laughs> note that. I imagine that the the you know red of the tomato probably less appetizing after uh-huh. talking about how. I also don't remember that this is in the movie, but later Shiki on Shiki talks about how blood um like makes her want to pass out. 
Hmm. I don't think that blood. appears in the Wow, movie. Tsukihime. <laughs> I love Tsukihime. <laughs> These two are just such fucking weirdos. Like, uh, They're my, so my, fucking weird. My note is, Shiki is amazed that people die when you stab them. Kokuto is equally amazed that talking about murder is not acceptable lunch conversation. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so... Mika is supposed to be the normal one of the two of them. <laughs> Uh, it is the thing I love about these two paired together, right? Is mm-hmm. that, like, truly Kokuto is just, he's such a fucking bizarre weirdo. Like, uh huh. She makes him look normal by comparison, but he's still really weird. Yeah, whenever you, I, I mean, just that opening scene of, like, him coming across Shiki in the snow, the weird thing, like, Shiki is being weird in that moment, but maybe, you know, when you stop and think about that scene, it's like, this is he is also a weirdo walking through the snow. Yes. The fact that he is in a place to encounter someone like Shiki and form a connection also speaks to the way in which he is outside normality. Uh-huh. Yeah. He stops to say hi, yeah. Yeah. That's something that most most people would not be out there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Most people would not have that moment and then when seeing that person again in an opening ceremony beeline towards them and yeah. uh, uh force a friendship upon them <laughs> we are now uh at a crime scene and there's a cool detective guy <laughs> i think you mean karitsugo emia another one of these guys yeah um Gun God from uh, Notes has made me realize that there are Kajis from Evangelion, which is really oh. funny. Oh, that is, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. What if Kaji was hot? That's who dares <laughs> to ask. Multiple times asked. <laughs> this is the fourth victim. Uh,. And this one has, a, like, a yin-yang symbol carved into That's his flesh. a little on the nose. <laughs> what? The yin-yang symbol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is a little... <laughs> Listen, there, it, subtlety is not our killer's uh, strong suit. This is anime original, I believe. What? The, the yin-yang yin. symbol? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It works visually as, like, a yes. way to tie it. It's really gross looking, yeah. We're gonna see... Not to get ahead of ourselves, but later we are going to see that imagery return um, mm-hmm. in a way that works very well in a in a visual medium. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Club activities are canceled indefinitely at the school because of the uh, the murders, uh, ruining some hobby club anime like K-On. <laughs> their their journey to friendship at the club is spoiled by this. Okay, real quick. I want a manga that starts itself that has like a volume and a half of just normal club activities. Well, like, like, like uh, a K-On. Like a and K-On then pivots a into uh, yes. a Tsukihime murder speculation. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> that would be incredible. What if one of the club members was involved, Fan? I know that this is just like not how you sell things. It would have uh-huh. to be a chapter or yeah. two, not like well, not it's like you into... Oh, this is just a normal hobby manga. It's the it would be a Madoka is what it would have to be. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You're describing Nancy Drew books. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is. I think what you're asking for is just like the Japanese take on, on Mrs. Nancy Drew. Hell yeah! 
<laughs> I would I would check that out. I don't I do want the protagonist to be a murderer though not a cop mm. is Nessie Drew not a murderer it's been a while since I read those oh. books my memory I'm, is she that is she definitely... so cop brained <laughs> she's very rude <laughs> and she definitely is like a breaking and entering and then then questions you like you're a criminal in your own house <laughs> kind of girl but she is not the villain no <laughs> uh okay <laughs> Shiki is wandering down the hallway. She bumps into a strange boy with brown hair, short brown hair. She doesn't recognize him. And he says a suspicious line. Fan, do you want to read the line? Uh, I know you're irritated, but four times is a bit too much, isn't it? Four times what? What did she do four times? Murder, perhaps? (laughs) Me, forgetting that in literally the next scene, we get the only other character name in (laughs) uh, in this episode. I wonder who that was. <laughs> she stiffens up when he says that, and then he like just walks away. She goes out front and uh, is like waiting. It's raining out. Oh, oh right. One thing I do want to say real oh, quick yeah. is that um, in the Ooh, one sec. in the novel, what he says is, "You don't understand why you're irritated." Hmm, or why you're bothered and that's that is making you even more bothered and mm-hmm. but like four times is a little a few too many isn't it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or yeah you don't understand why you're irritated that's why you're lashing out mm-hmm. um shiki is waiting for something at the front entrance of the school while it's raining mikia offers his umbrella uh surprising her she's waiting for a ride and he's like well i'll hang out with you then she doesn't want to talk she would rather die than take his uh, offered umbrella. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> he leans against the pillar while she's not talking and starts humming, singing in the rain. Uh, despite herself, Shiki starts to smile as she listens to it. Then we get like a high-pitched whine as like scenes of the, the grisly shit that's been going on starts playing. And Shiki straightens up and yells his name very suddenly. And he's like, uh-huh. oh, oh, what? Yeah, hi. What? <laughs> Oh, yes, I have to explain my misunderstanding of of Mikia's nickname now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is because I read it in Japanese originally and uh, ended up with a, with um, not fully understanding the bit. I forgot that Mikia's actual last name is Kokuto, and that's why she's comparing him to the French pe- poet uh, Koto, uh, yeah. Kokuto. Uh, that's the bit that I didn't get. So his name isn't being misspelled. It's just that they've they've actually left out the bit of the joke about the French poet in the movie, mm-hmm. which is like a prominent joke in the book mm-hmm. up, uh, mentioned where I read up to in where I read. So yeah, she just calls him by his last name, which makes a lot more sense. She does drop uh, the, the honorific at some point. I don't know exactly she when she it drops when it. She's being uppercase. Cheeky. Oh, yeah. she goes back. I see. Yeah. Just uh, what a nice touch. What a, what a, uh, uh-huh. Uh, the the things you get to do with um japanese honorifics that mm-hmm. you lose yeah it's in, like a fun thing English well honorific and, and personal pronouns she uses ore when she's yes uppercase shiki and watashi when she's mm-hmm. uh, and normal ore in the first movie shiki. notably only ore in the first movie yeah um, a thing that uh my wife noticed the first time we watch it and totally flew over my head she also um does not use honorifics in the first movie but also in the book 
the spelling of her name is a uh, ceremony is uh lowercase Shiki's name spelling. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. So there are two things that this movie doesn't. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about one of them. When we We're getting back. ahead of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about uh, a mul- multiple sh- Shiki theory. <laughs> it's not really a theory. If the book just says <laughs> multiple theory statement. Anyway, uh, Shiki sulks for a little bit and then is like, so where were you up until now? <laughs> uh huh. Right. She was looking for him. He, Mikia, was at uh, Shira. Yeah. Shirazumi Rio's um, going away party. Yeah. He's he, uh, cool found something he wanted to do outside of school not given suspicious. that well, he must have picked up a trade fan what <laughs> i mean i don't yeah i i realized i was a huge dumbass when uh uh watching it the second time really experiencing the story for the third time and i was like oh that's who just walked past her <laughs> um yeah, seems like he he knows something about murder. Uh huh. Probably. Maybe he was talking about something else, Fen. You're making some big conjecture here. Maybe he's a normal guy. He's not a normal guy. <laughs> Sometime well, later. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. He's not a normal guy. Part of that is again. This is the like. I don't know. I'm I'm autistic. I have a hard time reading f- people's facial expressions. Mm-hmm. But I love it when prose just lays out what is happening. Mm-hmm. uh because it can't be depicted visually and so it's like oh shiki notes how artificial uh rio's smile is as he's talking mm. just uh, like uh like fake shiki from plus disc yeah and she's like oh yeah like both of our smiles basically were artificial mm-hmm. as i pretended not to know what he was talking about and as he told me that he knows mm-hmm. uh that i killed four, four people mm-hmm. like, it's just a yeah yeah. It's a nice thing that like maybe other people could pick on a, a pick it up from the movie, but like I just don't have mm-hmm. the ability to. Yeah. Sometime later, Shiki throws on her jacket, leaves her family's house, passes by a bunch of cops, and then uh, heads for the train tracks. And then uh, all of a sudden, she's standing in front of another butchered corpse. There's a great line here where Shiki says, "Like, oh, I like finally feel alive." <laughs> oh, good. I'm so happy that Shiki's found something. Hot girl shit. Just uh huh. I I wrote down the trans people uh, crave the walkable city so we can also become murder thoughts like Shiki. <laughs> um, it, it it I can really. There's a part of me that uh, weirdly the most relatable part of Shiki to me is spending high school walking around at night as much as possible. <laughs> she really just seems to spend as much of her time as possible i mean we saw this in the first movie too like walking at a time where again just i mean it's the imagery again and again apart from other people where she mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. alone in the city we don't see her interact with the city around other people generally speaking mm-hmm. um not like when we see mikia uh visit the um the building where people commit suicide he visits when there are people there the graduation mm-hmm. ceremony he talks with other pee- people she uh he's at the party shiki is alone in front of the school yeah this whole every time we go walking at night it's just emphasizing this uh effectively it's yeah mm-hmm. yeah miki is like a normal person with one foot in the weird right and shiki could never step into the real world yeah 
it's kind of the vibe i mean mm-hmm. we'll get we'll get that explicitly later of of yeah not to we'll get that explicitly later we'll describing get that idea shiki is in a dojo dueling her father they got katanas they're sure fighting do. she does okay but then he kicks her in the chest and sends her flying into a wall which seems like cheating in a sword fight but i don't know the rules so maybe it's not cheating she surrenders. She walks out. We see that same servant guy again. His name is Akitaka, um, who's like, oh, how are you doing, Lady Shiki? She says that uh, he shouldn't bother hanging out with her and that he should be waiting on her older brother, who will be the real heir to the, uh, the house. Uh, since she's a girl, she can't inherit, she says. Akitaka insists that her older brother did, was not born with something that is required in order to be the head of the Ryogi family. Thus, she is going to be the head of the Ryogi family, whether she likes it or not. That's interesting. Another interesting bit that gets dropped here is that uh, it is less required and more if you have it, you're in the running. Yeah. So, like, her father's generation, no one had mm. what she has. Interesting. Um. He does say, uh, I guess what I mean is he says that uh, you are the only person who can be the yes. head of the household. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This, this is contributing to my theory that um, comparing upper uh, this Shiki with Tsukihime Shiki is a fool's game. That They're not very similar. Uh, Tsukihime Shiki is more like Mikia than like this. Yeah. Shiki yeah. is Akiha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Chad, girl boss. Akiha. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to note, um, you you talked before about how good the score is in these movies. Mm-hmm. The yeah. entire I like part one more than this, but for sure. Um, but just for people who are not watching the movies for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, the dojo scene is is it's long, like it's like almost a full minute of back and forth sword fighting, and it is yeah. um there is no score to it. It is just the sound of their feet their breath and the swords on each other it's it's a really effective absence of the mm-hmm. soundtrack in a way i just i just wanted to shout out it's um oh, yeah. audibly a, a really cool thing they're doing there there's some very good moments of silence throughout um throughout the K that i've seen so far i'm not like mm-hmm. a, i'm not a sound first person so it's not the first thing that i mentioned but yeah it's really it's really interesting yeah. anyway Shiki is annoyed with Akitaka's words. She stomps off and she goes to her room and starts undressing. She stands in front of the mirror. Uh, she's wearing low rider white panties under this outfit and uh, a chest binding sarashi. Mm-hmm. So she's got this. They're really doing this like gender stuff is happening kind of thing with her. You know what I mean? Capital G and then, gender. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, then she's wondering to herself what, uh, what he, I think presumably Mikia, would think if he discovered that she has another Shiki within her. Two Shiki. The return of uppercase Shiki. You've tried or, or one of them. Of uppercase Shiki. <laughs> now try two of them. New this time with free. gender. <laughs> the gender is, is, is interesting. Yeah, they don't really like hammer on it too much here. You know what I mean? They're, it's like kind of subtle, I guess you could say. But um, there's definitely there's there's like fun gender stuff that isn't like um, overdone or obviously like pandering to a weird audience. You know what I mean? It lets you map your own feelings onto it in a way yeah. that 
future uh capital G gender characters are harder to do, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's in the the Grand Order era. It it really is hard to like do something that feels honest. I feel like with gender because it so often feels like fetishized. And part of that is that Grand Order has a collection of writers. Mm-hmm. There's not one person doing something with a character. Yes. It is. Oh yeah, I tried to do something with this character, and then someone else took over, and they did and, something entirely different. Yeah, and yeah. Someone else took over. And... Yeah, yeah. Which is how you end up with like really uh, confused uh, depictions of characters who could e- like be read as trans or as queer. You know what I mean? Um. Anyway, this is a fun scene. Mikia is talking to his enormous friend. <laughs> <laughs> who is like it looks like a 30 year old like pro wrestler mm-hmm. <laughs> what a fun guy best wing uh, we've seen in fate so or in a uh, tight moon stuff so far I he's know. like what if arihiko was 30 and enormous <laughs> he has like the same vibe arihiko was buff what if arihiko was buff as shit but still he does have this fun thing where he's like he's like talking about Shiki, uh, and uh, much like Arihiko when he actually sees Akiha, is like she's scary as shit, man. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> this anyway. is one of the best moments of this is um, uh, Gakuto saying uh, or Mikia saying Shiki's not that scary, and Gakuto being like, "You're down bad, dude. <laughs> you don't see how fucking creepy she is." That just means you're really, really into her. Yeah, yeah. He he wants to... He's like... They're like bro talking, right? He's like, okay, so what's up with your thing with Shiki? And Mikia's like, I don't have a thing with Shiki. We're just friends. And he's like, you call her by her first name with no honorifics. Uh, you... Um, you, I, I heard that you were sharing an umbrella with her, which implies that on, on another rainy day, she did go under his umbrella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, God. I love, I love scenes like this. Uh, yes. Where, I mean, he's he's essentially being, in some form, the audience surrogate, right? Of, uh-huh. of giving us an opportunity to have someone take Kokoto and basically shake him and be like, you love this murder thought. Like, it, uh-huh. It's great. And well, it, okay. He also admits it readily, right? Yeah. Like the guy's like, "Oh, you you really are down bad." Mickey's like, "I know, I know." Yeah. <laughs> Real quick about the umbrella. That's that's a. It is an interesting thing of the adaptation sometimes adapting for the adaptation and like changing things, and other times just word for word mm-hmm. repeating what is in the book is like, oh, in the novel that scene. Uh, Kokoto was had an umbrella over the two of them while they waited. Oh, I see. And that's like, interesting. That's not how that's not it what was happened shot here. in the anime. Because I think the way that they shot it was probably better, but it is then weird to have him say, oh, when you two shared an umbrella, mm-hmm. and Miki is not like, we didn't share an umbrella. Miki is like, wait, how does everyone know about that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Gakuto presses Mikia for more information about... He's like, what do you like about Shiki? And Mikia's like, well, she does have a cute side. And he says that if she was an animal, she'd be a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Gakuto does not believe this. And is like, she's not exactly the type who would die from loneliness. Uh, there's a great bit here in the book where uh, Mikia says, fine, I just won't talk about women with you anymore. <laughs> and Gakuto's like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, she, she is a rabbit. She is a rabbit. That's very funny. Uh, and then there's a bit where um, Gakuto talks about rabbits cutting off people's heads. <laughs> what? Um, 
and uh, I think there's like a implication that he's involved or his family's involved in the Yakuza because he talks about gaming. Uh-huh. Like, oh yeah, gambling. Like bunny girls yeah. being scary, I guess. Nasu does love tangential characters who are in the Yakuza. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say? I had something. We're gonna. I hope some, that. Oh, I was just oh, gonna say ahead. we're gonna get some really great versions of those types of characters later in this uh, uh-huh. in these movies. Uh, I do hope that every single um uh episode of K and K we do get Mikia comparing Shiki to a different category of things like fruits last episode or animals this episode. What kind of vegetable is Shiki? If she was an article of clothing, what kind of article of clothing would she be? What color of Crocs would Shiki be? Oh my god. <laughs> The article of clothing, based on the two that we've seen, is either a kimono or white panties. Sarashi. She could be a Sarashi. Okay. I just mean the things that have shown up in both movies. Mm, that's true. Prominently featured in both movies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, or, and red jacket, I guess. To, the red jacket, yeah. <laughs> to highlight another little line moment in this uh-huh. conversation is... Early on, uh, Gakuto says something along the lines of like, she doesn't seem like, or she doesn't seem like your type, which is what like- is a, his type? Passive, I know. What the fuck does that mean? Who was cooking? Like, does he have exes? <laughs> does does Miki have exes? I don't know. They so are... far, the only thing we've seen him be like attracted to is Shiki and- creepy fucking dolls that look like shiki yes uh they are like elementary school friends uh-huh but presumably he's had crushes before. uh-huh uh-huh but like on who back like, before he like elementary went... student was unhinged enough to attract this man <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was normal once you know what i mean impossible i refuse what, what does mikia find uh when he returns to class a letter from shiki ordering him on a date <laughs> we don't see the actual uh uh letter but um this is again this, i'm it is unfortunate this got caught uh because it is an order and mikia uh, nervously gets dressed and is like is she gonna kill me <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe man He's waiting. It's Christmas Eve. I made a joke as soon as I saw snow that this episode was going to have a normal Christmas. It was just going to be like a normal Christmas Eve date between Shiki and Mikia. And wow, I was not expecting to be that on the nose. Normal is strong. It's it's a pretty normal date. It's pretty normal, but she does say... Okay. Shiki is wearing a new kimono. Yellow this time. And uh, Shiki is acting differently than normal. Uh, Shiki is a lot more friendly uses more masculine and informal language and is like acting cuter mm-hmm. <laughs> than normal shiki's moe now mm-hmm. uh, on at uh kogoto trying to use uh honorifics like has like a little moment of like frowning when he does that uh-huh uh the I, the voice actor has pretty good range i think mm-hmm. this the, the, the multi shiki performance has been really fun mm-hmm uh shikia or shikia mikia is uh unnerved by shiki's new attitude and asks you are shiki right what does what does she respond with she responds with an incredible facial expression and yeah what else can i be (laughs) oh she's having a great time 
we get a montage of Shiki dragging around to a bunch of shops, uh, being excitable, peering in windows, looking at necklaces and other stuff. Another thing that's not 100% clear is that Mikia is relieved that she's bringing him to, like, uh, female boutiques. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh-huh. Female. What else? Where else is she going to bring you, man? I mean, presumably, like, you know, men's clothing stores. But she- is, are there kimono stores in this mall? Oh, okay, that is the wears. funniest part is that she's just going around to like, oh yeah, these are like fashionable Western clothes that she's <laughs> looking at. Um, uh, we see a scene of them playing a claw machine, which is full of uh, Neko-atized Len and White Len um, cat plushies. They're not even really Neko-atized. They're like... They have the eyes. They have the, the Neko eyes. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. But it is, it is Len and White Len. It is Just Len like and White straight Len. out of Melty Blood. <laughs> uh-huh. Bl- uh, regular Len looks like grumpy. White Len looks nasty. You know, classic. Mm-hmm. They get one of each. And then we cut to a cafe and Shiki is coming right out with it. Shiki is plural. <laughs> she calls it dual personalities. We got dual personalities name dropped last uh, episode too. Mm-hmm. It was one of Toko's uh, theories for what was going on with uh, Kirie. Uh, she spells her name out. She spells her both personalities' names is Shiki. Mm-hmm. The translation translates one uh, lowercase and uppercase Shiki, which is yeah. very funny again. Uh, however, uh, uppercase Shiki uh, is spelled with uh, the kanji for like weaving or fabric, and uh, other Shiki, regular Shiki, vanilla Shiki, is spelled with the kanji for ceremony. She does a remarkable job drawing with just water on a napkin. She also did really good doing the her lipstick at the beginning of this episode. So, got good dexterity. Yeah. Uh, this is uh both Shikis and Tsukihime spell their names with uh two kanji. Both Shikis in this spell their names with one kanji. That's fun. Oh right, another thing that uh she doesn't bring up is that the uh family uh the Ryogi prepare two names for children ahead of time mm-hmm. that have the same pronunciation i see i see uh two different kanji for with the same pronunciation oh, huh and so that's where weird. she gets the other name from is oh this is this would have been her name had she been born a boy i see huh. okay but either that's way, a fun... would have been called Shiki. This is fun because, like, when I looked it up, I looked up these names on Jisho, and Jisho says that they're both uh, women's names. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay. Uh, I, I was kind of expecting one of them to be a boy's name, but this is according to Jisho. You know what I mean? Not uh, the book. You know what I mean? The book is specifically calling out that there is, like, a more masculine personality and a more feminine personality. Although I would say that they kind of... Um, we, it sets that up and then says it's not it's not really like that merging and becoming closer together. yeah because like lowercase shiki regular shiki is the one who uh uppercase shiki is the one who acts more feminine it seems like to me you know what i mean uh talks more like a boy has like a boyish like like a teenage boy kind of voice you know what i mean um and like speaks very boyish but like it it leaps around and does a lot of like anime girl like hands behind back kind of like uh leaning over poses you know what i mean whereas uppercase or lowercase cheeky the one we have been seeing 
uh, acts much more reserved and like masculine in tone or not masculine in tone, but perhaps more uh, less feminine in behavior. You know what I mean? Uh, it's fun that it's not a clear and present dividing line for which of them is a boy and which of them is a girl. Yes. Uh, I think that that's way more interesting than trying to like uh, demarcate it, you know? Yeah. And, and kind of like I said earlier, like, you know, again, easier to map on your own gender feelings. Onto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheeky, like all of us, has a, a very, very specific and personal relationship with gender. Yeah. Cheeky, uh, uppercase cheeky. I have no idea how to respond to them. Twink cheeky. <laughs> the uh, uppercase cheeky insists that uh, despite their differences, they're the same person. They're not like two different people living in in uh, the same body, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the main difference between them is that they have different priorities. Like mm-hmm. their order of priorities is different. Uppercase cheeky wanted to tell Mikia about the two the, about there being two of them. Lowercase Shiki had no interest in, or uh, no pressing interest. Uppercase Shiki wanted to hang out with Mikia. This is also true, Lowercase yes. Shiki just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe wanted to, but it was just lower on her list of things yes. she wanted to do. Uh, yeah, and Shiki, Uppercase Shiki says that uh, she did not believe that they could hide the presence of both of them from Mikia much longer. Mm-hmm. So uh, so she wanted to to explain it. Now, okay, that all makes sense. However, uppercase Shiki complicates this a little bit further by saying, yes, also, I am Shiki's unchecked id d- impulse to destroy things. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I'm not going to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> um, fascinating. It, it, yeah, we, we, we get, like, the thing I have noted down here is, like, almost reminds me of like reading freudian psychology of his idea Mm -hmm. of of how a person develops Uh um specifically in that like i think he's specifically about him talking about how like for a baby self is the world that maturation is what creates the um recognition that like there are other people that the world is composed not just of self Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. um uppercase cheeky we usually when i talk about this with my wife we it's simplification we say boy and girl cheeky which isn't accurate like we just talked about right um so i'm gonna do my best to do upper and lowercase um Mm -hmm. uppercase cheeky seems to be almost that stuck in that development stage of having a hard time conceptualizing um the reality of other people making up the world Mm -hmm. um and also, like, this is this is kind of where, you know, it gets directly mentioned and explained, like we alluded to earlier, of, like, why it would be impossible for Shiki to, for, for both Shikis to develop normally, because, uh, you know, the translation in the movie is something along the lines of, like, it is necessary for the development of a person to be alone for a time, to not know other people. And that was never true for us. We always had each other, mm-hmm. um, which means we miss this crucial stage of development and kind of colors in this idea of Shiki apart from everyone else is like, mm-hmm. because the possibility of being an island never existed for them. They've mm-hmm. never been alone. So they have no need for 
exterior connections, um, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, this is, it also, it, it says that, um, uppercase Shiki shows lowercase Shiki, like the ugliness inside people from the very beginning, right? Yeah. Uh, they're the, they talk about the naivety of children believing that everyone will love them unconditionally because they love everyone. Right. And something about uppercase Shiki disrupts this, you know what I mean? Which By their so very good. presence, but also possibly because, uh, they are, uh, self-destructive and destructive mm-hmm. in general yeah it it's yeah i can't say this is good plural rep uh not not being plural like i'm not an arbiter of that but it is interesting it's more interesting i think than a lot of like split personality stuff tends to be yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it just the nature of being able to see each other assess it apart from other split personality stuff um additionally um it is not that there is a good shiki and a bad shiki. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They are they are uh both both part of something and they are both part of this monster. You know what I mean? Uh yeah. none there's not like, oh, I'm being possessed by evil shiki, you know what I mean? Which right. is something that happens in like Tsukihime framing, you know what I mean? Yeah. A- absolutely. Uh, it um Yeah. Th- this whole conversation is fucking fascinating. I yeah the 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 way it's inter the the line of uh like you were talking about earlier um you know we didn't think we could hide this from you kokoto mm-hmm. um it's interesting because i i always get the sense both times watching this now i i get the sense that uppercase shiki has a desire to be seen Mm-hmm. Um, a thing we'll see over and over again, uh, is that Kokuto, he's very insightful. He kind of sees through people, mm-hmm. um, which is something that uppercase Shiki seems to want and at some level enjoy. That kind of, um, really incisive character analysis he immediately does to everyone he meets. Um, and lower Shiki, lowercase Shiki seems almost terrified of this. Yes. Um, like, does not want to talk to this man because, uh, to, to reference Disco Elysium from earlier, uh, Kokuto is in many ways, like Harry Dubois, a human can opener. Mm-hmm. Um, he just exposes everything inside of a person immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the push and pull there of, of uppercase Shiki seems to want that, and lowercase Shiki is, is fucking terrified of that. Is, yeah. Um, it's we'll get great. some more of that in a conversation later, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uppercase Shiki refers to herself as uh, destructive, uh, impulse for destruction. Says that uh, she will not lose control and start uh, attacking people. In fact, uppercase Shiki does not have control of the body and is only able to control it right now because lowercase Shiki is allowing her to. Yeah, I'm using her for both of them because there is no pronouns used for either of them. Because uh, that's not really how Japanese works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Third person pronouns is not really like a functional in the same way. Mm-hmm. Or anywhere. Uh, where was I? Right. Uppercase Shiki does say that there is a desynchronization happening between the two of them, partly caused by, at least partly caused by, the fact that Uppercase Shiki wants to see and be seen by Mikia uh, being uninhibited, and Lowercase Shiki does not want to admit that they that they want this. Mm-hmm. So it's causing like a drift between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
uppercase Shiki says that uh, she really, really likes Mikia and wants to see him again soon. Uh, uh, drops a bunch of money on the table and says, uh, bye, and like wanders off. Uh, I am uh, Mikia. Shout outs to him for taking this completely in stride and not reacting to it badly at all. <laughs> He's just like, okay, yeah. Not not at all like wow you're you were like hiding this from me or i don't understand you anymore just oh so that's how it is that's nice to know mm-hmm. i mean i get the sense that this isn't really surprising to him you know what i mean like he he's surprised to see how uppercase cheeky react like acts oh that yes for sure but I, I just mean in the sense of like he's seen these distinct sides of shiki mm-hmm. um and presumably has been wrestling with why is Shiki so different in mm-hmm. these different moments I have seen them? Yeah. Um, I think part of it, yeah, is like he would not be surprised at anything that Shiki told him, really. Yeah. This is true. People are going to continue to say bizarre. We've had two movies now of people saying bizarre fucking weird shit to him and him just kind of nodding along like, okay. <laughs> like, uh-huh. He works I'm sure. Kaka, you know? <laughs> Next episode, we will also get uh, random women saying weird shit to Mikia. I I made a note of that. Is is like very strange people seem to find him very easy to confide in. They just kind of uh-huh. immediately like I'm gonna tell my entire life story to you to uh, in in this McDonald's in this McDonald's <laughs> in our weird murder spooky. in this Wendy's poppy p- parking lot. <laughs> all right, all right, Fen. You think this cop is hot? I mean, I think Kuritsugu is hot, and he looks like Kuritsugu, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hot by association? Yeah. Uh, I, he's also incompetent. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I forgot to say earlier is that uh, in the first conversation where he's revealing classified information to Mikia, Mikia thinks to himself, this is the first conversation where he does that. We get a reference to him doing that before, but this is the f- the first scene where he does that. Oh, is it? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Um, we don't know that he's Mikia's uh, cousin until this moment. Oh, okay. Um, Mikia thinks to himself, I really hope all cops don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikia. Oh, boy. Cops in the Nasuverse are not competent. And or, no, yeah. And part of that is, ah, uh, this is why he's never going to rise up the ranks. <laughs> They're sitting at a kotatsu together, eating oranges. It's just after New Year's. Oh, it seems. one more, one more funny bit about this yes. uh, is that apparently Mikia and Daisuke were fighting for leg room, and uh, Mikia lost, so he couldn't lay down. <laughs> this is very funny. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So Daisuke is hanging out uh, and starts telling Mikia yeah, more privileged information about the case. No, no uh, that Mikia is like, don't tell me this shit. Like, explicitly is like, I don't want to know these privileged information. Like, but then he I goes said. and tells other people. Uh-huh. The second body was chopped in half. The third body had its uh, hands and feet cut off and then s- the hands were sewn onto the legs and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth was chopped to pieces and the sim- a symbol was carved into its flesh. This is the yin-yang symbol. And the fifth's limbs were forced into a file fought, which is a type of swastika. Uh, presumably this is being used in the Buddhist sense, not in the Nazi sense. Yes. 
Uh, and uh, specifically in the book, uh, Shiki is looking down and is like, oh, I tried to arrange it into a flower and it ended up looking more like this. <laughs> That's very Jesus funny. Christ. This is so funny that the book is like more explicit about it because re- watching the movie, I could be convinced that Shiki did not actually kill anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, it is it is clear earlier <laughs> that Shiki is murdering people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's very interesting. Uh, right. So he, uh, Daisuke, uh, describes all the murders. Miki is like, well, sounds like a psycho to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. The movie translation uses psycho a lot. Daisuke says that uh, eventually the killer will stop being able to just find people wandering around the town as people get more scared. And he's worried that she, uh, they're going to start breaking into houses. Mm-hmm. But he has a big lead on the new on the case. He shows Mikia a picture of the evidence they found, which is an emblem from Mikia's school. Okay, this is the bit. They don't have school uniforms, but somewhere on your on your clothes you have to wear this. Uh-huh. The emblem. Yeah. Yeah. Mikia looks pretty worried to see this, and uh uh Daisuke uh Daisuke's his cousin, right? Yeah. That's right. Okay. His like older cousin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is like I might be coming by to question some of your uh fellow students soon. Hello, fellow students. How are you doing? <laughs> God, can you imagine him talking to go uh Goroko? Like <laughs> <laughs> looking up at, at this yeah. fucking seven foot tall high schooler. That looks older than him. Please, God. Ben. He's 5'8". <laughs> yeah, he's 5'8". I'm sorry. I forgot. You subtract two feet for localization. <laughs> it's January 1996. Uh, Mikia does a voiceover talking about how Shiki gets even more isolated in the new year. Uh, then we, are, we cut to uh, uppercase Shiki talking to Mikia in the, in the classroom after class. They uh talks about how they don't like people. Mm-hmm. 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 This is where we get uh oh, this is where we get the de- like childhood development speech. Oh yes. I rushed yes. that. So we got we got a little ahead of ourselves there, but that's okay. I thought that it was weird that I didn't have more notes about that. But right. She says that Shiki lacks the concept of unconditional love and that people can only express the feelings that they actually possess. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, this is important. There's a great bit in the opening of the novel where yes. Shiki is, some of, where some of this speech comes from her internal monologue mm-hmm. in the opening. Um, where she's like, I don't like people. I've not been able to like them since I was a child. I even dislike myself because, unfortunately, I am a person too. Yes, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's such a mood. So, Shiki... Lowercase Shiki is supposed to be the side of them that just kind of goes along, right? Mm-hmm. This is the 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 like uh the person who's going to be the head of household, you know, mm-hmm. like forced into a particular shape by society and by her family. Uppercase Shiki is the violent, uninhibited side that has the impulse to deny, to like say no, to push back, and to go for what they want, mm-hmm. right? However, lately uh lowercase shiki has been trying to deny that this side of her exists that the this like psycho side of them exists you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's upsetting their balance as like each being uh the warden of a particular type of feeling Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Uppercase Shiki asks Mikia if he's ever wanted to kill anyone. What does Mikia say? Not so far. <laughs> the enough. casual way that he responds to this is so funny. It's such a good moment. It's such a good like character bit for Mikia. Well, like, uh-huh. oh, not off the top of my head. Why? <laughs> Uh, I noted down, especially I think in the movie, it's sometimes really hard to tell. Uh, it's not it's not necessarily hard to tell which Shiki is talking, but sometimes it's hard to tell whether they're referring to that side of Shiki or the composite being known as Shiki when they are speaking. Yeah. So it makes it hard to parse their like language sometimes, which I think is partially intentional. Like yeah. that is how they are speaking. It, yes. It is unclear. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. So. Uppercase Shiki is is perpetually repressed. There's this phrase uh, about uh, having to kill her own will, which is like a reoccurring phrase in Nasu stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably it probably sounds a little less uh, weird in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a more common phrase in Japanese because uh, it's not. I understand what it means, but it's like a weird way to say it. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so the the like comparison between suppressing your own personality and the act of murder uh doesn't f- flow as easily as i bet it would in japanese mm-hmm. anyway uppercase shiki and shiki in general are constantly in the process of suppressing their own self and killing their own will so the only feeling that shiki has in to give back to the world is murder <laughs> is violence yes uh-huh so shiki uh, uppercase shiki says that lowercase shiki's definition of murder is to kill them and suppress themselves so anyone who tries to get them to open up and like be uh like be revealed to the world is marked as an enemy and lowercase shiki will kill them Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh uh-huh oh the way that this is shot is great. Uh-huh. Because uh, I keep saying shot, animated, I don't know, mm-hmm. framed, framed. Um, uh, for this last little bit, Shiki just like walks uh, half a step beyond Mikia as mm-hmm. like as if she's leaving the room and then just says like this stuff about murdering people who try to get mm-hmm. them to open up and then leaves. Uh-huh. It's a very thinly veiled threat. Yes. And one in which his reaction to is basically, ah, come on. <laughs> like The next day, <laughs> Mikia shows up and is like, hey, Shiki, you want to go get lunch? And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but she goes. She goes to lunch. Yeah. I'm sad that we didn't get uh, sh- uh, Mikia walking up the stairs with Shiki uh, glaring at his back, following behind him. He's on the roof. He's like, so you're a little mad at me. And she's like, a little mad at you. <laughs> she doesn't understand how he can treat her the same way after these like multiple revelations in a row. And he's like, well, I just think you're neat. Mm-hmm. And I'm an optimist. And she's like, well, you know, I'm a psycho, right? And he's like, well, yeah, sure. I know you're different than other people. <laughs> A, a notable thing here is that, like, my 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 read is that I do not I do not think that uppercase Shiki is being totally honest with with the statement of the only feeling I have to express to the world is murder. And no, Mikia is the evidence of like that is not that that just isn't true because you want to hang out with me and not and not to kill me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, 
Shigi also wants to kill him, but... <laughs> but in, like, a horny way. Like, that's, you know, that's different. <laughs> that's than... normal for girls. Yes. Absolutely. I... Absolutely. <laughs> um, yes. This is like, yeah, yeah, the character who has no emotions, who very obviously has emotions. They just don't understand them, and mm -hmm. uh, they aren't, they don't function in the same way, or they're not as loud as other people's emotions. You know what I mean? Yeah, which which oh. makes like Kokuto's like not non-reaction, but like the fact that he isn't completely put on. It makes sense of the like, mm -hmm. well, sure, if I took everything you said as absolute fact, maybe that's too weird. But clearly, he also recognizes these contradictions, right? Mm -hmm. He maybe should take the I'm going to kill anyone who gets close to me part a little more literally. But, you know, it's working for him. It works out. She says that he that uh, she is too strange and too removed from society to be someone you can associate with normally. And he's like, well, that doesn't mean we can't go out, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is very funny. Also, I think he says that doesn't matter when you're going out. Uh huh. That has nothing to do with going yeah. out. <laughs> she brushes her hair behind her ear grumpily and her sleeve falls down, revealing a big bandage around her elbow. Mm -hmm. Right, right above Probably the elbow fine. or below the elbow. He's like, whoa, uh, what happened? And she's like, well, I got this around the time that the murder happened last night or the other day. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, I'm going to just say this real fucking slow for you, bud. If you keep talking to me, I am going to kill you. <laughs> no uncertain terms. And then she leaves and Mikia's response is to mumble. Wow, I really am crazy for her, which is so funny. <laughs> just chad monster fucker energy just like it's it's inspirational i i uh -huh, like uh -huh. like i'm i'm being kind of comedic here but i am also like legitimately this is the scene first time watching it where i was like i love this dude like like this dude is he he stands by the courage of his convictions like he uh -huh. feels this way about shiki he feels that like he believes strongly that fundamentally she is not a murderer, that she is not some kind of, like, unlovable person, and is not going to be put off by by threats of murder, even. Like, like his feelings <laughs> of her are genuine, and he sticks with them. And so, like... He's, he's a really fascinating guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, there, yeah, there's something you could say where... It's so it's so interesting uh, to me again that uh, the book is like oh yeah no she she is like does it describe her knifing people or does it describe her moving bodies around? I think it is more um, yeah you could you could it's yeah, so easy to imagine it, the version of the story where uh, she is exaggerating has not killed anyone and Mikia is like um, is right. That she is not a killer, right? Yeah. It is. I think you could, you could read it as the she never kills anyone on camera. Is on camera, the book is always, oh, here is her with a corpse after uh -huh. it is dead, rearranging it or like playing with it. And maybe she just found there. it dead. You know, uh -huh. that's possible. I but guess even if that ends up being the way it's going, or, like right, the. No. But also, it opens with, uh, I saw a person under a streetlight far away. What a strange thing for me. I remember that guy's smile. 
That person's behavior was suspicious. Thinking back on it later, why did I... I followed the person for some reason. Why did I feel such a surge of violent excitement? Which <laughs> <laughs> is like, okay, yeah, she and she went and knifed that dude. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. it, it opens with she is a killer. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, even if she's not the one committing all of these murders, right? It is very clear that she has this in her. It's mm-hmm. not a case of like actually she's a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Vivian, you you have to bite your tongue a little bit because you know everything that's coming. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's like in the first part, we don't see her like killing people. We see her killing ghosts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which that's an interesting difference between the book and mm-hmm. the movie is she doesn't kill any of the ghosts. She only kills Fujio. That's really interesting. In the yeah. Book. Or yeah, in the book, right? Oh, interesting. And and you told me this. Fujio uh, Kirie uh, is told uh, by Toko in the book that she only has a few days left to live until Shiki's killing of her catches up to her. Yeah. Which, Which is, is really such a great, like, huh. Shiki's so good at killing things that uh, even killing a, a disconnected body will eventually reach. She still It still ends for her the same way. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting reframing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. it... This version, compared to Tsukihimi, this version of Shiki is really good at killing people or killing uh-huh. things um, uh-huh. to an absurd degree. Which I'm, and that's all I'll say uh, for future movies. Well, it's yeah. Uh, I guess we can talk about it since we've seen a couple of them so far. Um, there's a lot of drawing out scenes that are very short, like. When Nasu is writing horror violence, mm-hmm. it is brutal and short mm-hmm. and doesn't last. And this movie loves a chase scene. It loves to just like drag out uh, scenes of mm-hmm. people getting away from Shiki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in a way that is like, fine, you need to fill an hour, I guess. I, some of, I like some of it. There's a chase scene that we get that is I really like. The Mickey one in particular, I Mickey. really don't. You don't like that one? Oh, that's really I, interesting. I love the music, uh-huh. but um, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there. Daisuke is hanging out at Mikia's house again. He's got a new, another big new lead, even though he hasn't followed up on his previous big new lead. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the sixth victim managed to scratch up the killer's arm around like a little bit below the elbow pretty bad and they got some tissue from under the fingernails and uh they're testing it now mm-hmm. uh, he's like this is gonna this is gonna bring the whole thing together mikia is horrified to hear this uh information that seems to directly connect shiki to the murders although maybe not for the same reason that you might normally be <laughs> horrified to, to get information that connects someone you love to a murder <laughs> He flees the house. Uh, he, he gets to the class registry, looks up Shiki's address, and flees uh, going to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets turned away at the door. They say that she's not home, which is, who knows, probably a lie. I think probably true. She's uh-huh. going on nightly walks. That's true. That's true. Uh, we get this fun voiceover from Mikia where he talks about how he used to be afraid of ghosts among like the bamboo in a bamboo forest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now he's like, now I'm just scared of people. And actually, all of the fear of the unknown can really be boiled down to fear of strangers, mm-hmm. fear of other people. That's fun. 
it it ties into their previous conversation of like you know uh the previous conversation we talked about of shiki you know realizing that other people do not love you unconditionally right that Mm -hmm. mikia did not have that realization of you know fear of the unknown until he was much older shiki Mm -hmm. was essentially born with that realization and understanding Mikia goes to a cafe with someone who we don't see. We don't see their face uh, as he's talking. Rio could be Rio. Is my guess the same length of hair, right? Yeah. Uh, like, it can't be Toko. Was my other guess, and it yeah, can't be Toko. Toko. Can't be Toko. So Rio is like that's the other character that is important. Uh-huh. <laughs> if memory serves, that will be. Con- this conversation will be seen again in a further movie, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, murder speculation. That, that is my guess because it is anime original, or it is uh, foreshadowing for events that are not in, or yes, it is unique to the anime placed in this time. Ah, I see. Yeah. He returns to Shiki's house to see if he can catch her this time. Uh, on the way, all, over the cobblestones in the bamboo forest, Blood starts to flow. Mm-hmm. What's uh? What's uh? What's he see? Okay, so this is another change I don't really like. Yeah. Um, he sees uh, Shiki uh soaked in blood, and she turns to look at him and smiles, and then he vomits. Mm. I like uh, I like the book. He sees the body and starts vomiting. And eventually Shiki realizes he's there. Mm. So it is very clear that he is disgusted by the body, not Shiki <laughs> not smiling Shiki. at him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, that's that's, that's what I got anyway, but uh it's it's in it, it's definitely interesting. Anyway, Shiki's not just covered in blood, yes. She's standing in front of a corpse with no head that's fountaining blood all over her like a sprinkler. This is also uh one of the places that I love the imagery of the book. It talks about the blood flowing up her white kimono like butterflies flying towards her face. Ooh, yeah, hell yeah. Which is like, oh yeah, that's a fun... Uh, Mikia in the first movie talks about having a dream about a butterfly and a uh-huh. dragonfly. Mm-hmm. This line is really great, though. She sa- she walks up to him, she smiles. Great faces on Shiki. Mm-hmm. She looks so happy. Well, she's definitely smiling. <laughs> Look how <laughs> and happy she, says, she is. <laughs> Be careful, Kokoto-kun. Bad feelings tend to attract bad realities. And yeah, she's talking... This is this is also not, uh, uh, I guess, Mask Shiki's voice. You know what I mean? This is the more feminine, is using Kun, you know? It is also... Okay, so the movie completely omits this. Um, she is back to lowercase Shiki because uppercase Shiki wanted to kill Mikia. And so she had to take back over. I see. I see. And she doesn't realize that until thinking about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie never like makes this clear at all. Mm-hmm. Is like, oh yeah. Um, Which of them wants to kill is very in question. It seems to me like lowercase Shiki is a, is as much a killer as uppercase Shiki. But of Mikia specifically, like she took over so that uppercase Shiki uh-huh, uh-huh. wouldn't kill Mikia. Yeah. yeah. It. It. Yeah. It's such an incredible scene. I just have, yeah. I just have hot girl shit like copied yeah. like <laughs> times in my notes. Like it, it. She's very cool. Yeah, she is very cool. She, she's, 
Yeah. I, I yeah. I, I can't just overemphasize how much uh compared to Tono Shiki, Ryogi Shiki is um and maybe this is just the hypocritic uh hypocritical uh when a girl does it, it's cool. When a boy does it, it sucks. But <laughs> I still like I still like Tono Shiki, but I also again don't think that he's a good comparison point for this Shiki. Uh this is fair. I will say she's she is Doing all the shit that I was hoping a Kiha would do. <laughs> this is this is true. This is I th- true. I think that there's the a thing with the the visual novels are definitely compared to this feel a little watered down because the the girls have to be lovable not to Mikia but to you the player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That is a yeah. That's a fascinating distinction. I di- I didn't think about mm-hmm. it that way. Um, mm-hmm. it- yeah, because. Uh, it's presumed that we are we do not have Mikia's same freak taste in women, so the girls have to be a little less freaky. It makes me wonder what like a normal person feels about Shiki watching this scene, because like we're sickos. Like, of course, like yes. this is hell yes, but like what what the fuck does a normal person make of this this person like this character like? I bet you there's a certain type of person who watches who like watches K and K and is like, wow, I really hope they catch Shiki soon. Oh God. <laughs> like horrifying. when's she gonna get her comeuppance? Oh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like they're waiting for the moment where Miki is like, Wow, she really is a killer. And now he pulls out a gun. I have to put her down. You know what I mean? <laughs> I bet I can find fan fiction like that, and it's the worst thing you'll ever read in your life. There is a good, there is a cool way to do that, but it's not what I'm, t- I'm not talking about the cool way to have someone kill someone else. Yeah. <laughs> talking about the like, oh, and finally, justice is caught up to Shiki. It is interesting how much Mikia is in denial, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. he doesn't want to believe that Shiki is a murderer. Uh-huh. But it doesn't feel like his reaction is going to be, well, I guess it's time to end this friendship. <laughs> uh-huh if he when when he does find out it, it it's a way they're similar right of like shiki is in denial about you know her own feelings and mikia is like very clearly in denial with like the cold hard facts of what he is seeing in front of him uh-huh. like, his reaction in the uh, like throughout here of like well i didn't see the knife go into the guy's head so as far as i know she didn't kill anyone yes yes yes. my dude what the fuck are you talking about the thing is like the the intellectual side of me is like mikia that's stupid of course she killed these people but like the the media like uh i've watched a lot of anime side of me is like you did not see that knife go into that head so maybe someone else did kill that person Uh The me that has played the Yakuza games. Like, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I, like, he sells me on that read to some extent, but it, it is it is also, like, clearly his own version of, of what Shiki does uh, in, in terms of denying uh-huh. her own feelings. Yeah, yeah. Of, like, I'm denying the reality to some extent of what this person I love has done. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I found the line where in this scene uh one he describes the smile reminds me of a mother (laughs) uh the smile is so unfitting for this whole scene that it makes me shiver but uh the last little bit of this section is i guess i was stupid indeed because i tried not to think about this evil reality until the moment i saw it with my own eyes Uh uh-huh and then in the next scene he'll be like well (laughs) maybe Uh it wasn't the reality that i was seeing with my own eyes (laughs) 
Anyway, Mikia is in a car with his family. They're being escorted by Daisuke. Daisuke is pushing him for more information. Uh, you know what they say, kids. It's shut the fuck up Friday. Don't talk to cops. Absolutely. is yep. like, I didn't see shit. There was no one there. There was a dead body. Sure. Yeah, I saw that. But uh-huh. there was no one else there. Weird. Daisuke believes him, but seems upset that he didn't get a third lead that he doesn't have to follow up on. Um, is like, hey, so did you look into the Ryogi family? Given that it happened like right outside their property? And Daisuke's like, well... It wasn't in their property. So no. We're not we're not looking into them anymore. It's like, what the fuck? Uh Man. <laughs> this this is expanded a little bit in the in the mm-hmm. play novel. Um Daisuke talks about how the he knows that Shiki goes to uh to Mikia's high school. Um uh and says so i wanted to ask them about it but they refused they said they didn't care about what happened outside their house the way i see it they are innocent and they have nothing to do with the crime huh (laughs) why do you think so miki asks hmm well do you think such a beautiful girl would kill someone (laughs) you don't right i don't think so too this is an obvious answer for a guy uh miki all like thinks he's being ridiculous but also is like yeah, I don't think she could kill anyone, well, even though I basically saw it happen. And Mikia responds, I see, you'll be single for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh my god. I... The, mm, the thing that neither of these men can understand is that truly a woman cannot be beautiful until she has killed someone, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the interesting part is that the end of that section of the car ride is the crime neared its solution from then on until that day three years later the killer would cease to appear (laughs) it's very funny um okay back to school shiki is attending school mikia is conspicuously absent she looks over his chair is empty cut to shiki's house she's in her room brushing her hair with a comb uh she's thinking about mikia seeing her uh the other night in front of the corpse Mm-hmm. she's then interrupted by akitaka uh, her servant who says that uh some boy from her school is camping outside the wall uh-huh uh she gets mad about it but tells uh, akitaka to leave him alone and then she throws herself into bed and covers up in a huff in the middle of the night she goes over to like check to see what's going on uh and miki is just like leaning against a bamboo po- like stick um drinking some coffee and mm-hmm. she gets mad and she bites her thumb angrily and then she goes back to bed um two two things i i want to highlight just again for people who haven't seen this yeah um number one despite living in a mansion her bedroom is very similar to the apartment we see in the first one in terms of sparseness mm-hmm. um she has very little and it is mostly an empty bedroom um and and number two Nikia camping out in the cold doesn't bring hats and gloves like a fucking yeah. weird, like what the fuck are you doing my dude <laughs> like <laughs> just a thing to note because it really bugged yeah. me i don't know like it's very like i'm sure it i it's cinema since to an uh an extent but it also just like weirded me the fuck out that he see like he is blowing on his hands and shit and it's like uh-huh my dude he seems like a fluffy gloves? mittens kind of guy absolutely <laughs> And a very, like, stupid-looking hat. Like, I, I could see him wearing mm-hmm. the the Russian whatever those caps are called. Oh, God, yeah. 
or like or just one with like a pom-pom on top you know like mm-hmm. a knit cap with like a little pom-pom yeah the next day mikia returns to school uh shiki uh and him talk on the roof during lunch shiki's like uh, we have to talk about the the night february 3rd is the night uh that that he saw her in front of that body and he's like she's like why aren't you telling the cops and he's like i don't know i don't want to i don't want to talk about it i don't i don't have all my feelings sorted but as far as i can tell again i didn't see any knife go into any bodies <laughs> i didn't see the head come off therefore i think that you just happened to be there so telling the cops about you being there would just cause unnecessary trouble uh-huh uh, and he's like, I need some time to like settle my thoughts and like really, really convince myself that this is true before we can hang out again. And so she stomps off and starts ignoring him for months. It's months, right? It's like a significant chunk of time. Yeah, April is the next date we go. However, Mikia presumably sneaks out of his house every night to spend hours hanging out in front of her house, mm-hmm. holding a boombox and trying to get her to come down. <laughs> well actually he's there to prove that she's not the killer yes uh uh-huh he i think at some point uh not in the movie in the book he thinks he's like oh wait do i hope that a murder is gonna happen so that uh i know that it's not shiki yeah they don't he he never says this but that's extremely it feels like partly like i want to talk to you and partly like uh partly in denial see murders will still happen and also partly like maybe no one else has to die if i just hang out in front of her house and uh at school i will uh treat her like get to know her again you know Uh, what i mean it's like a lot of different things happening yeah definitely get the sense that like he's trying to prove something to himself as much as as the Mm -hmm. world Uh Mm uh-huh uh it's a bit of a stalker behavior but she's a bit of a murderer so i think they really suit each other i think it's beautiful Whenever uh, I see a straight couple, I ask which is the stalker and which is the serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, we keep getting shots of every time she like looks out the window and bites her thumb angrily. It's the most like cartoonish move. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, time passes. We get shots of him eating alone in the classroom and her eating alone on the roof. Um, then finally. Shiki's like, hey, meet me in the classroom after school. So they're together in the classroom again. And he's like, have you decided to stop ignoring me? And she's like, I finally figured out that I can't ignore you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's like, I am a murderer. I am a slayer of human beings. Why haven't you turned me in? And he's like, you could never do something like that. Murder? No. Ridiculous. Uh, and she's like, you don't know anything about me uh and then he's like i know that i'm in love with you and she calls him an idiot and then her last words here are she asks if he's gonna come tonight and then leaves Mm -hmm. and yes of course he does it's raining out but he comes he comes by like he does every night what happens fan um yeah before he can sit down uh he hears a splash behind him and cheeky's there in a bright red kimono. Very, very, very colorful. Um, He, let's see. Okay, Ben has written down great chase sequence. So it's, it's I liked great. it. Um, It's great. 
it's it's very so, it's right it's leaning into it being a movie right like uh-huh a horror movie extended chase like it's 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 you know friday the 13th jason yeah type. like she's she's being such a monster in this moment that we're drawing visual similarities to other monsters we've seen in horror movies is... mm-hmm. i guess this is my lack of you know you horror genre knowledge but anyway he bends down to like take a uh towel out of uh out of his backpack well first he's like wait what are you doing your house is right there just go inside it's raining uh and then he's like wait i do have a towel i'm gonna give this to you um and she slashes at his arm uh, yeah there's a great moment of like complete disbelief where he kind of like idly looks down at his hand which is uh-huh. now covered in blood and back at her and he's like what's going on <laughs> um and yeah so the major difference is in the book he's like he's like oh wait i should run and as he realizes that, she, like, slashes at his feet and he falls down. Mm. Uh, so there's no chase. There's no chase. I, the thing that I... Li- okay, th- let me pitch you on this. Because the thing that I like about this is that um, he, at first, does not realize he's in danger. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of, like, numbly, like, starts running, right? Without He's not panicking at first, right? He's just kind of like, oh, the thing that you do right now is to run. And his feet just start taking him away in, like, an adrenaline rush, right? Mm. And then... As the chase continues, and as she continues, like cha- like running after him, swinging the knife wildly, he increasingly realizes, "Oh, I'm gonna die!" And then, and then, like panic sets in, and he's like bouncing off of shit and hyperventilating and fleeing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, I think that bit's fun because I, it's like it's like this slow realization happening as he is chased. Yeah, I agree <laughs> that it is well animated. Uh-huh. I like the way that her knife like leaves a red trail. Yeah, as she swings it. <laughs> um the scene where he finally falls and she is just like slowly walking towards him mm-hmm. is like yeah as vivian said it's very uh jason i think uh-huh it's the, yeah it's a slasher movie yeah yeah um which i just don't care for and mm-hmm. well and back to the thing that i like about how the scene is written is that it is like oh yeah shiki is terrifying mm-hmm. it very much feels like oh yeah he could have just run home mm-hmm. and he would have been fine but like instead he fell and like t- just stayed there mm-hmm. waiting for her to come to him mm-hmm. um i don't know yeah personal preference mm-hmm. i guess i mean i think they both sound good damn yeah anyway so he's chased for a little while he gets to uh the edge of the bamboo forest he collapses she climbs on top of him and holds the knife to his throat climbs on top of him we get like a minute and a half of silence <laughs> Yeah, just like a shot. You can't see her eyes. Her hair is matted down. Uh huh. Her lips are like a, like slightly parted. Uh, he uh, pants. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, mentioning her eyes. Uh, thing to point out: we have not seen eyes of death perception in this movie. Yes. Just mm-hmm. to note that. Mm-hmm. It is mentioned in the first uh, light novel, imme- like um, immediately uh, upon meeting Shiki, pretty much that she has mystic eyes of death perception post coma. Mm -hmm. which is a very funny thing to not mention (laughs) uh not there's no time to explain shit like that yeah Yeah. in in these movies so far anyway uh mikia just sort of like pants and uh closes his eyes and eventually shiki yells his name uh it's doing that that classic thing where it's like oh is there tears is it just the rain you know what i mean the music These from are part animated one is, like tears <laughs> the music from part one like kicks up again love that song 
It's, it's, it, it is like, again, to, I am kind of an audio person, so I'll say mm-hmm. that, like, it is, like, struggling to be heard. Like, it is not mm-hmm. just playing, it is cutting in and out over the rain, you are catching, like, strains of it, like, it is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the feeling you get, it, it very much feels like you are watching Shiki struggle with herself. And this music is struggling mm-hmm. with itself. Like it is struggling mm-hmm. to be heard. It is fighting with the other sounds you are hearing. It is such a beautiful fucking use of this song. Every single movie is going to use this song differently in mm. excellent ways. Like it is such a good audio motif. Um, Hell yeah. And thinking about this song and talking about it literally makes me tear up because of further uses of this song. It's an incredible mm-hmm. audio landscape they're doing. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, you're fine. She asks if he has anything to say, and he says, I don't want to die. And she smiles and says, I want to kill you. Mm-hmm. Cut to black. I like this scene, fan. I... <sighs> My major complaint is how long... Again is uh um just how long it takes uh to get to the end like mm. yeah there is it's so long that she's just sitting on top of him and nothing is happening i like that it's fine it's in in a book you can you can sit with it in yeah, a movie you can't sit fair. with it well so they're making you sit with it yeah 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 Uh i think it's it's notable how long she gives him to say something and he doesn't say anything until she tells him i mean even before oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it Mm -hmm. it, yeah you get in in that silence you very much it feels through most of the movie like they almost have they fluctuate between having a very natural right off the bat rhythm with each other and closeness and ease of communication, especially with uppercase Shiki, um, even more so. Thinking about that scene in McDonald's, especially. Um, whereas, you know, in this moment, we really have this, like, it almost feels like an, a, a, a gulf, truly, that they cannot get over. Um, in, in this moment, like, Kokoto, uh, Kokoto is, is really being confronted with this this gulf that does exist in this difference between them, um, something that he keeps trying to deny that she's not that different to associate with, you know, he she keeps trying to tell him, I'm not someone you can relate to, I'm not someone you can get close to, and he's like, ah, yes I can, yes I can, <laughs> not true. And now he is finally being forced to admit that, like, they have no. irreconcilable <laughs> desires yeah. in this moment. And he can't fucking figure out what to say. Um, uh-huh. He, we have to watch him be unable to not have an answer at hand, which he's always had every scene previous to this. He's finally been pushed past his ability to communicate with her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's telling that his he's not like you don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Because he he is recognized in this moment. Oh yeah, yeah, she does. Well, it is interesting that. Yeah, a thing that is impossible to get through in a visual medium is that he says, I don't want to die. 
These words are not directed at Shiki, but rather at the rapidly impending death itself, not mm-hmm. at Shiki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he's like, he's not saying don't kill me. Yes. He's telling death itself, I'm not ready. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think, I think his word choice does convey that to a certain extent, right? Uh, even if, like, it, it's fun to have that clarification. But that's kind of what I got from that, right? Yeah, because he doesn't him, say, he said, don't kill me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's like, not, he's not like, don't do this. You're, you're not a murderer. He's not begging. He's not begging, mm-hmm. is the thing. He's saying a, a statement of fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... Uh, Oh, okay, right. The other thing about the chase sequence I don't like is that it feels like an Aragi chase sequence. Uh-huh. He's just like oh, tumbling yeah. over things. It, uh-huh. Like it feels goofier than scary. I don't know that I got goofy out of it, but I, that's this, the way it that he a like genre thing. And it, 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 like this might just be a thing of like it did not feel goofy to me either. But that also might just I uh-huh. also love horror stuff. I also love yeah. horror movies, you know. There is like a, a framing in Bakemonogatari, like cha- or like Kizumonogatari chase sequences where that are like the more slapstick than this. You know what I mean? But I see, I see what you're saying. So I, I don't think it's, I don't think you're wrong. It's like seventy five percent of the way to slap. I don't think it's seventy five percent. I think he bounces off of like one piece of like bamboo or whatever. It's a fence, but yeah. Uh-huh. The way that he like tumbles over the fence and then rams into the other side of, uh-huh. or the fence on the other side of the path. Uh-huh. And, like, and then yeah. just like trips over nothing. And I think the I know I know it is supposed to be scary. Yeah. And it just feels goofy to me. Yeah, I don't I didn't read that. I think the music is a lot of what I would say why it doesn't read that way to me either is specifically the scoring in this moment is uh-huh. like it it's pulling me to a specific um um mm-hmm. contemplative feeling like it doesn't mm-hmm. even feel exciting to me it feels like the the horror in that moment is not one of like um you know i, I don't know how to, i'm tr- i'm struggling with words here the horror in this moment is one of loss of interpersonal connection mm-hmm. um because at least for me i want them to be together i'm rooting for them to to be (laughs) they're a great couple yeah and that feels so impossible in this moment um Mm -hmm. we saw in the first episode she was like hey stay over tonight my parents are gone i have netflix (laughs) i'm ice cream we've got the strawberry virginity analog or metaphor right here Okay, the funniest part, I finished volume one after we recorded last episode. The funniest part about that is that the come over, she says, your two strawberry ice creams are waiting in the freezer for you. Huh. Uh, and you should eat them. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like an interesting difference there is that, oh, she didn't eat one. Mm-hmm. Of them. She was, they're Mikias. <laughs> you oh, should come over and eat them. I my uh-huh. mind when again because of the strawberry virginity you know symbol thing my mind went to a different place when you said that <laughs> i did not realize he didn't i do really it. like that scene in part in the first yeah uh, no movie. it rules it's a shame that it's not in the original but it'd be really hard to convey that yeah uh-huh um or it, you could convey that but it, you couldn't convey that vibe it is just a very different vibe when like oh she has eaten one of them 
and wants to give the other to Mikia versus no she's still subsisting off of water that is also anime original I'm pretty sure is the water bit mentioned which yeah. is very funny it's really funny it confused it confused my wife and I so much the first time we watch it especially with the arm uh we literally spent like most of that for the the first movie and not until the second being like is she, is her entire is she a doll? Is the rest of her body mm. a doll? Does she just not eat? Is she a ghost? We really didn't know what to make of that. Um, no. Yeah. No, she's just got an artificial arm for some reason. I think I know the reason now. Yeah. <laughs> From mm-hmm. the preview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, anyway. It's June 1998. We've uh, lost a couple of years. <laughs> The title of this chapter in the light novel is Karno Kokai, opening, (laughs) which is fun. July 1998. July? The movie says June. The movie says June? Yeah. That's funny. Weird change to make. Anyway, this is right around the time when uh, Shiki wakes up. Mm -hmm. I got that from the timing of the first movie. Mikia is working for Toko, it seems. We see him in her office. Mm Mm-hmm. He's taking off from work for a couple hours uh, to bring flowers to Shiki like he does every week. This is another interesting change is that Toko brings up, hey, isn't today the day that you go visit the hospital? Mm-hmm. Uh, and says you can leave early. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, is cut from the movie. Oh, that's nice. Nice yeah. Toko. Nice boss Toko. Yeah. Glasses Toko. Hot. <laughs> I love Toko. Toko. He heads over, picks up some flowers on the way. He monologues about the things that he doesn't know about Shiki, how she suffered in her life, or even why she tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. He's not in denial about the fact that she tried to kill him, apparently. She told you why she tried to kill you, my dude. She spelled it out twice. One, uh-huh. Once kind of indirectly, and then the second time, pretty fucking, like, could not have been more explicit. I mean, this <laughs> is the denial, right? Like, this is, this is again, like, he's not denying that she tried to kill him. He, un- he had, he has to understand at some level. Like, it, it uh-huh. is a, a, a different way of denying the reality and facts of, like, mm-hmm. no, it can't be that she is terrified of vulnerability from me specifically it has to be something else that i don't understand um i could fix her he says (laughs) no there's a she doesn't need fixing is what he says and that that is such a i kind of talked about at the top but that is such a crucial distinction of why i fucking love the these movies so Mm -hmm. much of like that his instinct is not i'm going to stop her from being a murderer it is um she can't be a murderer because she is this good person or she is, is she which is just so wrong <laughs> yeah it's it's wrong but it's also so much more fucking interesting oh yeah big time uh real quick yeah. um some of the narration here was changed or cut uh one the end of she says i want to kill you and then a warm smile and uh in this in this like in his internal monologue here he says as Gokto said, I have been crazy about Shiki for a long time. A single close call with death isn't going to change that. <laughs> He's a champion. What a man. Uh-huh. I, I so much respect for him. True truly top top 2 abs- monster like het monster fuckers like 
Uh, I don't know if you can call him Het given Shiki's situation. This is you know fair. what I mean? This is fair. This is another reason that I like the two of them. Mm-hmm. That, and that that is something that will be asked yeah. a bit directly later of like, are you like that? That queerness will be um, front and center later. I guess uh-huh. I'll say that 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 it will become text. He says that he saw a frail smile on her at the end, and that is enough for him. Uh, and he, he still loves her. Mm-hmm. Great. He does call say that she is a victim and a perpetrator at the same time, which is an interesting phrase, and that he wants to see her true feelings someday. Mm-hmm. He arrives at the hospital, finding her unconscious. Her hair is much longer. Uh, she looks very, very doll-like in this scene also. Mm-hmm. Like, like, specifically like that doll that... Um, he saw at the like mm-hmm. uh presentation that led him to toko you know what i mean it's in- real quick mm-hmm. it's interesting that a lot of mikia thinking of shiki as fragile mm-hmm. has kind of been cut from the movie like mm-hmm. or is no longer like textual is just kind of the vibe of what he is saying mm-hmm. um because he's like oh he's constantly thinking about how close she is to being hurt yes and that's part of why he loves her yeah this is that interesting bit from that interview, that Nasu interview, right? Where he talks about how he tries to write women who are like, he tries to like turn things on the, on its head by having women who are, uh, physically strong and, uh, men who are emotionally strong. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, in order to like get out of certain kinds of like tropes of how women and men are, but he, it ends up in some ways being a, a different kind of sexism where women, are uh incomplete people who need men to like feel for them and complete them yeah if i remember correctly he was saying he tries to write strong women and what that ended up as was mentally or physically strong mentally Mm -hmm. weak yes and um, yeah it's like an interesting moment of self-critique no (laughs) No, i can't for several years it's not several it's more than several (laughs) No, it's like two. I think it's more than two, fam. Is that long? I think it's a long where's, time. Where's Mahoyo? Well, okay, it is number thirty-nine on our list. Out of a hundred things, we are at uh, number eleven. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, uh, I love a to bunch be on of hit podcast, Fate Moon Archive. A bunch of stuff coming up is only single episodes. Yeah. The last line that Mikia speaks is uh, him saying that he met Shiki in April of 1995. That is the beginning of this uh, section of the light novel, which is fun. Mm-hmm. In what, April 1995, April, I met her. What's the get... notable for when Vivian was born? Yes. Very funny. <laughs> Fucking weird. Which is, that cannot be the girl that he meets in the kimono in the, in the pre-opening. Because mm-hmm. it was snowing. Yeah. Uh-huh. It does snow in April sometimes, but pro- but um, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, he's talking about the opening ceremony. Yeah. I know something about uh, I know something about Shiki, or I know bits of something about Shiki that Fen does not that I'm not uh, allowed to talk about. It was very clearly a like having read the the light novel it was very clearly a ah this is foreshadowing something that is going to happen in the future like that mm-hmm. and the cafe scene were like 
you added this to to like uh nod at like novel readers and mm-hmm. like set up future stuff yes 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 um this is also notable that we now have context for why he was in the hospital every week um yes mm-hmm. a thing you know again if you're only watching the movies that first movie it is not clear why clear. he would be yeah. you could draw a connection shiki's missing an arm you know they're together but uh explicitly now we know he was visiting shiki while um kire was wishing that she had was being noticed basically uh-huh, uh-huh. notice me senpai <laughs> notice et cetera, me et cetera. fucker prime we get credits and then after the credits we have a man's voice talking about stuff uh, this is like a dense little bit of like foreshadowing slash post shadowing incredible va work um this is just like if i had to pick top five voice performances in all of anime mm-hmm. uh this this voice performance uh this dude yes i think as vague mm-hmm. as possible uh fucking incredible um he talks about three pieces that have been prepared he says uh, a double body that floats depending on death and we see an image of uh fujo kirie floating in front of the red moon he says an ill-fitted being uh, that takes pleasure by contacting death. And we see an unfamiliar girl with black hair and red eyes or purple hair. Mm-hmm. Looks kind of black here. And then the one that awakens the origins by escaping to death. And we see Shiki uh, sitting and looking out at the city. They become entwined with each other and wait at the conflicting spirals. No idea what that means, but it's presumably it's foreshadowing for someone we're going to meet. <laughs> yeah um it is fun the light novel also ends with this Mm. but you don't have pictures saying and here's who each of these people are (laughs) Uh uh-huh we are going to meet uh the unfamiliar girl with purple hair and red eyes uh next episode according to the uh uh preview which is july of 1998 we can put this together this is when the asagami fujino uh incident took place Uh according to the first movie yeah fun Fun. i'm into it i'm having a great time so far this is uh i'm this k&k is probably gonna end up one of my favorite things we've covered so far it's um it's it's a hell of a ride um yeah like it it when i have talked about when i uh in the year of 2022 or 2021 when i had my discovery of tight moon and mm-hmm. just became my autistic hyperfixation for like six months and i watched uh the animes like three times <laughs> um kara no kyokai uh, kara no kyokai um was the one that when i would talk about it in in bigger spaces the one that mo- most people had seen because it it stands out on its own very well um, yeah being being one of the first things that being the first thing that type moon did gives it like a distance from everything else that lets it be its own thing which i think is nasu stuff sometimes gets bogged down in its own references you know what i mean and it becomes unapproachable in a certain way unless you're willing to like unless it's one of those things where you're willing to engage with a lot of different uh pieces of media that are really don't have a, a through line you know what i mean yeah i said less nasu more type moon type moon yeah there's another great on board now probably it's probably maho tsukai no yoru which despite being a later thing 
doesn't have the fate tag and yeah. seem and has its own like thing going on, you know. Yeah. Play Mahoyo. <laughs> yeah, play Mahoyo. We are part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. If you've made it this far, just a reminder that we put content warnings in the description That's of every true. episode. Uh and but yes, but also like we yeah, fate is often horror. Yeah. Horror comes with a lot of content warnings. You should if you are someone who needs those, you should look those up for Yeah. It's hard to like it's probably hard to miss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Play stuff ahead, or watch stuff ahead of time and collate our own list because we don't have a large backlog <laughs> of these episodes. Uh-huh. We're usually recording uh, after the last one posted. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're part of the Unroll Mapping Network. Yes, we are. GGP is great. Go back them on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Please uh, show your support to Emma and Jackson because they have been very kind to us. You know what I keep forgetting to mention? You remember how we said we were going to be translating uh, Aishta Aishte, that Manio series? We are not. We got oh, beaten right. to punch. I keep meaning to say that. Someone well, started translating it first okay. better Someone than we could have. the first chapter and then has not touched it since. Well, currently we're not translating. Yeah, so that's not our work. Not. Don't, don't look at it and be like, wow, this is really well. This first chapter is really well done. I wonder what Ben and Ben are doing. It's not our work and it's not our problem right now. Yeah. Ben's thinking about making it our problem if they continue not to post, but yes. um, I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah. Someone also dropped the, my girlfriend's not here today. Uh, like it hasn't updated in a while. And I'm like, don't stop dropping stuff in translators. I can't like, uh, yeah. We're working on it. One day we'll just read it in Japanese. Well, this is the thing is like, yeah, it's like, but I have to remember then to read it in Japanese. It doesn't just show up in paperback. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm updating. And it um, takes too long, but someday we'll be able long. to do it quickly. Yeah. Saying. Oh, I, I dream of the day where I can sit down and just read Yurihime cover to cover and be like, mm-hmm. cool, mm-hmm. all done. Yeah, that's true. It is just on your shelf. You do just get it. Yeah. Um what else ben where can people find you on the internet type fennec.moe into an address bar f-e-n-i-c dot m-o-e that will take you to my co-host which i haven't posted on don't worry i haven't posted on twitter much either twitter's getting bad yeah um people finally actually leaving twitter for real yeah the algorithmic timelines thing seems to be like a turning point for a lot of people Mm -hmm. it's kind of sad um i like i i don't like twitter in the sense that it's an evil like shithead company that mm-hmm. was, was bad for my mental health but i do like twitter <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but things have calmed down in in life and podcast enough that i will hopefully get around to writing up my backlog of stuff as like written mm-hmm. tea time posts that are just me like i i tried at one point i was like I'm going to make these short. It's going to be a couple of paragraphs. 500 words. And then I sat down and wrote like 1,500 words on the next thing. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I can't do this. You're a hero, fun. Um, Yeah. Where can people find you, Vivian? Um, I am on Twitter. I'm on anything at Vivian Burning. I have a Mastodon. I have a co-host. I 
am still mostly on Twitter until it fully dies. Um, mm -hmm. I have not been doing projects for a bit. If I ever did pick those, uh, when I when I do pick those up again, they'll be on my Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. If you are local to Michigan, um, I do a lot more local stuff nowadays. So if you're local to Michigan, please reach out to me on Twitter and um, I can hook you up with uh, where you might see my fine work as the, uh, this is a weird one, on the, uh, as of tomorrow on the vestry for Trinity Episcopal Church in Belleville is, is where you see me doing the in-person <laughs> version of posting now. <laughs> If you think about it, church is a lot like posting. <laughs> what, what, what is being a lector except going up on the pulpit and posting? <laughs> uh -huh. um, the ninety nine thieves, the first great post. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Twitter is uh, going to be the best way to keep track of me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also going to take a second. I know this is probably not gonna, this is also weird vibes. Um, as of, uh, Thursday, my girlfriend, uh, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Um, there isn't a GoFundMe or anything like that, but we are asking as much as possible for, uh, Fair to be kept in, uh, people's prayers. Um, Fair name is, uh, Faith. So if you could say some prayers for Faith for quick healing and recovery, uh, just greatly appreciated. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. Well, I, and, and Ben, where could people find you? I, I'm sorry to throw that in at the end, but I appreciate no, it's okay. It's okay. I am here. I exist in the world, probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, Definitely. I don't know, Fen. You can't prove it. I, you're not observing me right now. Yes, I was. No, now you are. I was looking at you out of the side of my eye. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, at Ben Ends. You can find me tweeting occasionally about the visual novel I'm working on, at Doom Gender. I am also on co-host, uh, also Ben Ends over on co-host. If you want to hang out with me there. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's most of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably, I'm considering making a Tumblr. In 2023, mm. hell yeah. In 2023? I don't know. I feel like uh, Tumblr is primed to appreciate the girls that I'm working on uh, in this visual novel or to uh, harangue me for how bad, they, how evil they are at their core. It's going to be one of the two. It'll be exciting to find out. Fen, where can, we th where can people find the show? Moonarchive.art. Hell yeah. Um... You can go to moonarchive.art slash schedule to find when we're covering your favorite type moon property or your least favorite mm -hmm. or if we're covering it at all. Mm -hmm. um, Probably are. I did pencil in. Yeah. Never mind. Cut that. You don't want to you don't want to mention what you penciled in. No. Uh, you don't want to draw Easter egg. <laughs> go to <laughs> fatemoonarchive.art slash schedule. Moonarchive.art slash schedule. Try and see if we can see what grim legacy has made its way onto the schedule. We are up to a hundred things. I added oh, wow. a I added a couple of We're things. We're 10% done with this podcast. Wow. That is horrifying. I don't um, like to think about this podcast ending. I'm not going to lie. Wait. Oh, Wow. 
But yeah, this is this is the eleventh thing on our list. Yeah. There are a hundred things. Uh, I we are either way more than ten percent done or way less, depending. One of the two. <laughs> uh, That's how long uh, Grand Order takes? Uh, that was by the time I we was get thinking to as the most okay. elastic yeah. time uh, thing to to cover is Fate Grand Order. It's Grand Order. It's like the other visual novels we have. Uh-huh. It's like four twenty eight and a blockaded Shibuya. Um. I hear CCC is really long. Yeah. Writing-wise. Uh, anyway. Uh, oh. Cryingrulesactually at gmail.com is where you should send questions about Karno Kyokai. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. We're gonna... There's a, there's a, like, uh, clips movie, um... We might just take that chance to clips movie between seven and eight, hmm. I think, um, or between six and seven, uh, and we might take I a chance. Take, and we might take that as a chance to just have an episode that is uh, our thoughts on the series so far, hmm. um, and answer questions and that kind of stuff. We're in a we're in a real drought of just Ben and Fen episodes. Yes, so we, we might need to insert that to to get one <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah no offense to our lovely guests but it's been a lot of guests yeah mm. which is our own fault but... oh totally yes our fault okay my if fault you wanted to leave a five-star review for our podcast on your podcast catcher of choice but mostly itunes but mostly itunes or apple you podcasts could leave apple podcasts you could leave a five-star review and say something like i love to go to the zoo and look at the animals or something like that (laughs) something to that effect yeah that would be very funny one sec let me um are you gonna see if you can find one of our elusive reviews yeah i let's see sign in why is it so hard to find these damn reviews excellent question it's also hard to leave them they make the process also hard to leave them I, I, yeah, no, it, it, the process of it is bafflingly difficult for how important it is for the algorithm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the game plan is there. I guess maybe the thought is, like, if someone is going to the work to leave a review, they feel very strongly about it. You know, you've really gotta, you really gotta give a shit to, to review a podcast one way or the other, because they do not, they do not make it easy. I guess if it's such a pain in the ass, you probably, well, I guess the thing is, I in an ideal world, I would say it being a pain in the ass would dissuade people who uh, are going to give it a one-star review and complain. But actually, the opposite is always true. People who are mad will always put more effort in than someone who is enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, people love express to express the feelings they have, as Shiki said. <laughs> yes yes and the feelings that so many people have is i'm mad at a customer service person i need to take it out at the, on them did we read gary's review did we read gary's review saber is fun's wife <laughs> very fun and thoughtful deep dives picking out the fun minutiae of a good of of the good and the bad uh and the hosts have a plus wife chemistry i think we may have read this but i do i do think it's a plus wife chemistry is just a really good phrase it's really good thank you gary um got an a plus in my wife chemistry class in high school uh (laughs) better than my real chemistry uh, (laughs) uh grade 
Oh, are we on season three? Wow. We're on season three? Apparently. Damn. Oh, that's funny. There are a couple that are an unknown season, including two <laughs> Tsukihime episodes. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what else do we say at the end here? Uh, Vivian, you got anything else to shout out? No? You're no, pretty good. I'm good. Well, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining, Vivian. It was I hope you had a good time. time. Oh my god, are you kidding? Uh, the, the excellent love to talk about some murder perverts with, uh-huh. as, mm-hmm. as Gary said, A plus wife chemistry. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So it's. We're not, in fact, wives. <laughs> oh, we might as well be. Um, All but legally. We need to move back to Somerville so we can legally marry. Shout outs to Somerville for having poly marriage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a thing I've been uh, pushing local legislators on. Um, mm. Now that it's now that we've got a na- like Minnesota's next door and they're doing it, so it's like you know <laughs> doable. <laughs> now that we've got Minnesota next door, it makes it sound like Minnesota has settled down next. Door. <laughs> <laughs> I. The land ship Minnesota <laughs> has sailed into harbor. If if life was an RPG, I would mm-hmm. have like a favor on these politicians from my previous job as a canvas manager. And this mm. is where I would be like, I'm spending my favor currency to make polyamorous marriage legal. Because y'all <laughs> fuckers owe me. Um, if only. If only. If only. Fen. Okay. Anything else to say? How long have we been going? Uh, three forty. Short episode. Short episode. Normal. Short Normal. episode. Fen, see us out. <laughs> One day, let's meet in the digital sea.
We get closer to the digital sea all the time, fan. We sure do. It is Fate Extra is thirty one. Damn, on the list. Halfway to Fate Extra. That's uh, there's a lot of wait. short shit in there. Oh no, thirty nine is Mahoyo. Um, ah. where is Extra CCC? Forty three. Wow. There's a lot between Ugh. Extra and Extra CCC. I want to see pictures of BB. <laughs> wow, there's almost three years between those two. Wow. Which I guess is like that's normal game development time. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a video game-ass video game. I'm very excited for Tsukino Sango, which is uh, Kaguya, but oh, as uh, Arcoid. Kaguya, but Arcoid. Yes, that sounds but not But not Arcoid, because uh-huh. it's a different... It's an Arcoid who never met humans. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bizarre. Uh, there are also like 17 formats, and we... We'll decide which one to do when we get there. Oh boy, stage play. <laughs> I have the manga. Oh good. Um, which is like that. It is very pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to do the the like performance mm-hmm. if that exists, and we can find a video of it. But mm-hmm. <sighs> well, thank you again for joining us, Vivian. Yes, yeah. thank you so much. I've yeah, been this looking to be a short one. Yeah. Uh, I was joking, but also our podcasts are usually four and a half hours <laughs> or five hours, and then we trim them down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I may trim some of me and Fen yelling at each other about <laughs> uh, the approachability of Type Moon, but I'll make sure to keep some of that in. Please keep me in uh, telling everyone that they're a baby. <laughs> yes, I will. In fact, I will cut everything except you saying you're all babies. You, no, you have to keep in the point. You have to keep in the part where I'm like, I am one of these babies. I feel like it is uh, <laughs> key. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. Is the thing, fan? You're right that people are babies and they just need to play visual novels that don't prominently feature Colonel Sanders. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, Colonel, what? There was like that uh, that meme uh, uh, game that K- KFC made that was like a dating Colonel Sanders dating sim. Somehow this completely missed me. I I was like that said that so I was like yeah no I agree I need to be less of a baby people People's need to like, be and then KFC was like sorry what? <laughs> it's like it's like uh it's that it's a what Hatofu boyfriend and oh, yeah. uh, uh Doki Doki Literature Club yeah those are the ones those are the ones that people know. Hmm. I need to play. The, like, to play not like other visual novel, visual novels. Ugh. Yeah, this is this is the thing: is people are babies. <laughs>